0: Hello everybody, Mackenzie here from Before the Downbeat A Musical Podcast. Yes, I know Season 5 has been taking a bit longer to get put together and get out, but I promise you that toward the beginning of 2023, we will have the Season 5 premiere. And boy, do we have a great season lined up for you, and we definitely have some big announcements to make. In the meantime, though, between now and the new year, we are going to be doing something special. As you may know, I am part of another theater company called Cup of Hemlock Theater, where I am the co artistic producer. And on that show, we do reviews of live theater that we see, as well as reviews of stage pro shots, as well as artist interviews and roundtable discussions. So between now and then, I'm going to be releasing. Our episodes we've done on musical pro shots we've covered, including the pro shot of Oklahoma starring Hugh Jackman. We have a pro shot of Showboat that we've done. We've done one of David Hasselhoff's Jekyll and Hyde. So we have a few great episodes that I love to introduce you to this other venue that I do. So if you have interests beyond musicals and want to know more about traditional plays and hear from other local artists, This is a great podcast you can listen to, so check out these episodes, and I hope you'll join us on the Cup of Hemlock feed as well, because you'll find me there as well. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned for season five. I promise it's coming early 2023. Thanks so much. See you soon, and enjoy listening. everybody, and welcome back to Before the Downbeat of Musical Podcast live movie musical commentary series.
1: I'm clicking right. on the
2: YouTube link now to see what we look like on this. We is look
0: very thing? cool. You can even see the fiddler over my shoulder. And joining me tonight, everybody, is a very special guest, my friend, my co-artistic producer of all things The Cup over Cup of Hemlock Theater's YouTube page. It is the wonderful Ryan Barakovich. Hello, Ryan.
2: Hello, oh. Mac. Good to be here.
0: How yes. How are you doing tonight? Oh, what's t- in oh, your cup? Oh. <laughs> tonight I have some crystallite mixed with some diet ginger. i gonna give it you.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Very good. And what's in your cup?
1: Uh, I just have
2: a, a water bottle here <laughs> uh, in case I get parched but. Yeah, this isn't the cup, so I didn't put a lot of thought into my beverage. (laughs) Fair (laughs)
0: enough. Fair fair enough. So then Ryan, so people who may not know you because this is your first appearance here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Okay, my name is Ryan. As Mac mentioned, Mm -hmm. I am one of the leads co artistic producers, the title we came up with for ourselves at Pemlock Theater. The other show that you've probably heard Mac talk about as a side venture. I plugged
0: it a few times.
2: Yes, and sure we've actually even released that. a
0: few of our musical episodes from the cut Yes,
2: yes. Any of the ones I'm on, because I don't tend to have a lot of interesting things to say about the musicals. But...
0: I'm trying to think. You? Oh, you? Oh, no, oh no, we did Oklahoma. So you were on Oklahoma oh. with you, Jack. Okay, so
2: you. Everybody heard my thoughts about Oklahoma. Great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone I, I, heard those. I don't take any of that back. I, I, I yeah. I, I enjoyed the production. I say that in that episode, but yes, I have <laughs> thoughts about the oklahoma the show in general anyway
0: it's so. a very tricky script and also the pro shot was interesting with the audience lack of reactions
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that was a weird one yes, uh, yes. So i think
0: you did that one i don't oh and you also did jekyll and hyde so this
2: is a heard yes. jekyll and hyde people are like oh he's the guy who hates oklahoma but loves jekyll and hyde i don't care about his opinions about <laughs> musicals
0: <laughs> well <laughs> this musical they will care about your opinions because you and i spent yeah. many an hour discussing and deep diving into this piece we reviewed two fiddler docs and we will be releasing those in audio form on the before the downbeat channel as well as bonus episodes for everyone so they can listen in on those but you and i we started by talking about the documentary fiddler miracle miracles which Mm -hmm. you know charted the stage journey of the show and the impact of the stage show globally. So that's where that one is. And that one can be viewed on Broadway HD. Check there tonight. So that one is up there. And it's a really fascinating piece because it gets more, you get to hear some of the original Broadway cast. You get to kind of hear about the creation Press, the history of Sholem Malekum's <laughs> short stories of, of, of Tevye the Milkman, and kind of you get to get a little bit of a behind the scenes background on the stage show. I mean, Ryan, what did you think of that particular document?
2: I love that documentary. I thought it did a great job of conveying that history, really hammering home the point of this might seem like a Jewish story, but it's really for everyone. And I think that that kind of thing uh, is always nice. And I do appreciate that. You can hear my full thoughts on the review of the documentary Mm -hmm. we did there, which I actually just re-listened to this afternoon in anticipation of this. And it was funny because that was the first episode we did on Fiddler Proper, Mm -hmm. I guess. But Fiddler kept coming up as side tangents in many of our earlier episodes, probably most significantly in our uh, review of the Paula Vogel play, Indecent. Yep. Just because it has that sort of, like, you know, old school, that Jew vibe. Um, Yes. And it's also about Broadway, which is neat. So, yeah, yeah, we went on a lot of Fiddler tangents in many episodes, none more than that one. And we kind of needed to just, okay, let's just review this documentary so we can have a an appropriate outlet to talk about Fiddler as much as we like to do.
0: That. It's true. We, we, of um, we had to, we we had to delete quite a bit of our Fiddler tangents because we got way deep into Tevya and his. Yes. Is, uh, uh, is he a bad guy for what he does to Hava at the end? And yeah,
2: yeah, no, it was a whole hear all of those thoughts in, in a in a review yeah. of not Fiddler. Yeah. Um, so so yes, we allowed ourselves to kind of review that first documentary, just be like mm-hmm. yes this is a place where we can actually talk about Fiddler. And then we did another Fiddler documentary. You want we to did. About that one?
0: Yes, yes. So that one came up because, I forget what I was doing. I, I think I was scrolling through YouTube and like one of the suggested pages you may like is this one called Fiddler's Journey to the Big Screen, which is a documentary about the, as the title says, Fiddler on the Roof, this film's journey of making it to the big screen and the impact the film had on the globe. And how that kind of really kind of expanded the radius of the show's impact. But it charts everything from when Norman Jewison, who is not a Jew, but a Canadian. They
2: say that many times in both <laughs> documentaries. Many a times they make and that Canadians effort. can be Jewish. So that's, yes. that's a false dichotomy right there. But True. Yes. Not, True. He's not Jewish. I'm Canadian yes, but he's not Jewish.
0: Yes. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But Norman Jewison, he tells the story in both documentaries of, I got brought into United Artists' office. They pitched me to direct this film because he had just done In the Heat of the Night for, mm-hmm. I think he was Oscar nominated for that. I mean, yeah. Cindy Poitier, yeah, I believe, I think he won for the Oscar for that, for the, they call me Mr. Tibbs, in mm-hmm. uh, the slap road around the world. Yeah. But then, so, so they say, will you do the film? And then he comes back with the famous phrase, which is, Ryan,
2: what? I don't remember the exact phrase. He was no. like, what would you say if I told you I was a Goy? Was that it? Is that- yes, that's
0: exactly Yes, it. And, and then he says, there was silence in the room as they all
2: went, Jewison?
0: He's not Jewett? <laughs> and so then, so then the director of United Artists, the studio head of United Artists, very quickly, Norman Jewison says, pivoted and went, well, why do you think we wanted you? Because hmm. we wanted a universal perspective. On right,
1: the piece. Your last name sounds, no church.
0: inclination. <laughs> sure.
1: uh,
0: uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. So then it goes from there to how he found Topol and got him into the role because we hear about some of the other people that he was potentially getting pushed by, which we'll get into as the film goes on. We hear about him doing, searching for his shuttle because as we know, a lot of the um, majority of all the shuttles were burned or destroyed <laughs> during the Second World War. So he had to go to the I think it's uh, Czech Republic, isn't it?
2: Or um, where they filmed the movie? It was in Yugosla- yeah. former Yugoslavia at the time. Former Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. Yes. Now I think so, it's so, like Croatia or Serbia or yeah.
0: somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So he ends up going there, and he's going to all these different little shetles, trying to find the right one, and then it's all about him filming it, journey of that, and just like the fact we didn't have snow for some scenes, so we had to like do like marble dust to like, get the look right, and it was a whole thing. And then of course you have the cast. Coming into and speaking about all their behind the scenes stories, which we will talk about. There's a very famous one that was told in the documentary about the daughters on set that we will get into when they were filming Matchmaker. So we will definitely get into that one. But then we but then it goes out into exploring just more of the impact of the musical. And we you and know, I actually got to do a and a Zoom QA yeah. with the director and Rosalind Harris, who played mm-hmm. the film. So we got to yeah. I got to ask her a few questions. It was really fun and cool. It was all through. I believe it was the Toronto Jewish the
2: Toronto Jewish Film Festival. I That's it. yes, and that was where it was making its kind of big Canadian premiere. Yeah. Now I believe it's toured at like many other festivals. It was even at TIFF, oh, yeah. I think, for mm-hmm. a little bit. And yeah. yeah, and they said at the time that it would be out on DVD or Blu-ray by Hanukkah, which I guess has just passed. It if is my, out though, I just
0: bought my digital copy this week Oh you did,
2: okay cool Because yeah, I will
0: I, watch that at some other time this
2: weekend probably Yeah I was reminded Because so. I, I watched all of our episode On the first documentary And started the second one <laughs> But then couldn't finish it before we had to Go into this yes. particular room But I did yes. get to the part of the beginning where i are like Oh it'll be out on DVD or Blu-ray by Hanukkah So I'm like well hey That, that just passed I yes. <laughs> hadn't thought about this in a while But that's cool yeah, yeah.
0: So, Ryan, what do you think of the second documentary?
2: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought, you know, again, you could hear my full thoughts about it in that episode, so we don't yes. need to waste too much time here. I thought another just very, you know, well-made film telling a clear story. And I guess one of my big thoughts about it is it's very interested in the protagonism of Norman Jewison. And yes. it's like, this is our main character. And, yes. you know, you know. As somebody who's so not Jewish, how did he make this movie so Jewish? And oh, it's actually funny, just it's something that's been on my mind lately, because both you, Mac, and I have worked at Harthouse Theater. And do you remember what the stage in that historic building is called?
0: It's the Norman Jewison stage, isn't it? It is, yes.
2: Which I was yeah. like, oh, yes, because, yeah, he went to U of T at Hart House yeah. is uh, there. But anyway, that was just like a minor thing. I've worked at Hart House now more recently than you have, so I'm like, Right, yes. yes, I watched a whole movie. I remember seeing
0: a up on the wall, and I was like, yeah. oh, People forget yeah. that Norman Jewison is a good Canadian kid.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, because the, well, the movie definitely doesn't feel Canadian. Um, no, it, <laughs> it feels very Eastern European and maybe mm-hmm. American, just because of yeah. the associations with Broadway, I guess. Yes. But yes, yeah, but it's yeah. I really enjoyed the documentary. I, I guess my thoughts are just like, oh yeah, you know, what does it mean to kind of take this guy in? build the story around him i remember we were talking in that episode about how that came later that uh, the director daniel ray was just like interviewing anyone who was associated with the movie to see like okay let's accumulate all this footage and see what comes of it Topol, like, I think, was actually the first person that he interviewed and then it was only after he interviewed jewison it's like okay this is the story this is the main thing we're gonna build this around yeah so yeah I I enjoyed it. If people like Fiddler, as you probably do if you're watching this, if you're the one person who's currently watching this live. um, (laughs) Hello! Hello, good to see you. Get get in the comments. Tell us how much you like Fiddler. Uh, I can't see the comments. Can you see the comments? I can Um, see the
0: comments. I I, I can see what people ask us.
2: Cool. Yes, uh, if you like Fiddler and you're willing to watch two people watch Fiddler, then you will probably also like these two documentaries about Fiddler. And that is I, that, I also, that is so true. I also remember in that Q&A, Brame said that there's a third Fiddler documentary specifically about Shalom Aleichem. Um, yes. And, and sort of more of the backstory on the source material. So I guess one of these days you and I will probably have to just, you know, watch that and do a review of it, I guess. Or, or <laughs> make it a trilogy, I guess. I
0: I, it, Ryan, I think it has to be a trilogy. I think that yes. is important that we round this Peace out with the trilogy. I think there's a good symmetry to us finding, doing the third one.
2: Yes, well, right now, what we're doing today feels like an interstitial episode within that trilogy, where we're not reviewing a documentary, but we are returning to the movie. I'm also, apologies if I sound snuffy, I am getting over a little cold, so bear with me on that.
0: Fair enough. Well, Ryan, we've been here talking, talking to the world for about 13 minutes. What do you say we journey into on a Yeah, oh. let's do it. All right. So Ryan and I have both queued up the video. We are at nine seconds in. We've just watched the MGM logo go by.
1: And now of Ryan will both hit play in three, two, one. Play. There we go. Ah, yeah. United Artists. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Interesting.
0: The same studio that produced Bond.
2: Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I'm expecting to see that kind of, like, gun <laughs> hole thing.
0: <laughs> up, up.
2: T- I will shoot at it, it all turn well, red, but... in the long-term Well,
0: Topol was not a Bond movie. He's in um, For Your Eyes Only.
1: Oh, that's with cool. Roger
0: Moore. He plays the like uh, 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 the villain turned sidekick.
1: Nice. He's,
0: he's like a smuggler that, that Bond ends up working with.
1: I don't believe I've seen that one, but that's
0: cool. It's a fun one. It, it, it's the most serious of the roger moore era films it's a big tunnel all over the place it's also got julian lover of indiana jones and star wars fame he plays Mm -hmm. he's in that as well (laughs) so but now here we go so we're coming up on a sunrise on a tevka and ryan i mean the symbolism right there this whole film is centered around sunrises and sunsets yes it's
2: quite literally in one of the songs
0: yes it is so the fact that we're opening on the sunrise of this little village. I mean, you can't help Very... but think maybe even Howard Ashman, when he was writing Beauty and the Beast, and okay. the fact that his show opens with Belle waking up and going into the village yeah. greeted by all
2: the villagers. You can't help but feel maybe there was some inspiration taken from, <laughs> if we're, from there. If we're talking Renaissance Disney, that sunrise just makes me think of the opening of The Lion King. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't think that's what anyone was going for in these visual cues, considering this movie came out two decades before but that. Oh, I see a fiddler.
0: There's a fiddler. He's on the roof. And the fiddler is being performed by Stern, I believe, is the fiddler was.
2: Good job. Exec.
0: And, uh, Notably, the studio didn't want to get him because they thought he'd be too expensive. But Norman Jewison went to them and said, no, 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 I think he will do it for a very reasonable rate
2: for this. Sounds crazy, no? no. There's Tevya.
0: There he is. Tevya's here. He is now talking to us. And Topol's only 35 when he does this yeah, performance. Yeah,
2: which is crazy because he looks like yes. he's 100.
0: But... Right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, Norman Joostin notably had some of the gray hairs from his beard plucked every day. And then they were inserted <laughs> in into Topol's eyebrows to give okay. him the white eyebrow look.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's funny. Yeah. I
2: remember hearing in the like, early 2000s or mm-hmm. mid-2000s, that he was still performing, Toby yes. was still performing this on stage, yes. and I remember thinking, like, how old is he now? He seems so old in the 70s yeah. when they, this movie was made, but yeah. he, I guess they don't have to age him up anymore when he
0: plays No, role. well, I was supposed to see him live on his farewell oh, yes, tour.
2: You mentioned that in one of our review yeah. episodes, yeah. yeah.
0: And he yeah. blew out his shoulder in Buffalo right before he got to Toronto, so I end up with Harvey Firestein instead. Yes. Which is we'll get into that story later. Well, uh,
2: we're in our first song now. We are.
0: Come. Well, yeah. I mean, this is where. So, in the documentary Journey to the Big Screen, when they talk about Norman Jewison trying to find the shtetl that he was going for, he mm-hmm. would pace the songs out in like on site with a tape recorder, so he could work it. And just the way you watch him edit this opening number, like when he's going to do all the cuts on the beat of the music. And there's a musicality yeah. to how you watch people like meat the bread, skin the fish, like mm-hmm. like you see we'll see the laser wolf chopping the, beat, the the meat in the butcher shop. Yeah. It's all rhythmic. And that is something where only someone who knows how to work with music can mm-hmm. do that. And that's something where if yeah. you watch it between like the live action Beating the Beast with Emma Watson, and you watch mm-hmm. that opening a bell, there are moments when Bill Condon gets rhythmic and finds the beat of that song and gets the townspeople in rhythm with each other to like synchronize some movements and stuff and then there's moments right. that it's totally missing and it's like that's where that's the difference where norman jewison thinks about that constantly throughout this and is actively filming his numbers to make sure that he edits them with the music yeah. I remember
2: in our second review of the documentary, the big screen one, yeah. we, we had a lengthy aside where we kind of just basically shat on Tom Hooper for being <laughs> bad at this very <laughs> thing. But yes. Yes. So, yeah, it, I guess, yeah, it is real art. Directing a musical movie, like, is very different than directing a musical on stage or directing a non-musical movie. So it is I mean, just yeah.
0: watching this guy doing the sheep, like, just pulling it on, yeah. like, on there, or just sawing the wood. Like, and There's just... laser wolf the laser wolf yeah. and just him hitting the meat on the hook and the ripping of the paper. Like that yeah. is all precisely time. And some directors yeah. will go, just do the thing and we'll cut it to the music later. But he was on set actively like working that. And then he's in the editing room working on that with the
2: editor.
1: Mm-hmm. There's okay. also
2: just in this, like, sorry, to finish your thought. Yeah. No, no, you go, you go. Well, it's not really about the music as much, but just like watching, it's been a long, long time since I've mm-hmm. watched the movie. Uh, but there's like a lot of great details in this opening montage mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily appreciate on a first viewing. Like yes. when we have Laser Wolf chopping the meat, yes. it's Golden Seidel on the butcher shop. Then so mm-hmm. you see kind of Seidel's eyes like going up and then looking away. Yep. And then we cut right to model. Like there's a yep. great storytelling happening just in the editing here, which is yes. hard to kind of appreciate on a first viewing.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's where a good director will think that out enough to know it's got to be settled in the butcher shop because Laser Wolf's gonna say later she comes into my butcher shop every Tuesday or Thursday and they will and see there's Hava doing the corn yeah. churning there's and the other in Rifka, I think the other daughter is and they they are yeah. in the field like it's like you could choose to have who you want on screen but when you're a director yeah. you have there's a deliberate choice of what you're doing and mm-hmm. that's so important that some of these directors just don't think about that or yeah. don't make it a clear thought like. Tom Baker yeah, or- talks about in Lee Miz where he goes, every time I had Javera and I wanted to try and get a, a authority or godly figure over his shoulder. And it's yeah. like, okay, like now that you pointed it out, I'm
2: spotting it. But something like that is also yeah. like, if it's going to be in every single moment, it's going to become very on the nose, yes. like, even if you don't notice it. It's just like, yes. okay, we get it. There's a yes. There's the authority. Yes. Oh, here we have our r- rabbi with his funny jokes of the bazaar. <laughs>
0: This is a great performance, and the and the rabbi is
1: played by. Let me see.
0: He is played uh, by. Us.
1: Us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is played by Zev Schooler.
2: Cool. Plays the rabbi.
1: Good job, Ziev. Yes. I don't imagine he's with us anymore. No, he's long since passed sadly. Yes. Yes.
0: But even now, like the change in music to that more kind of Catholic, like that more. Orthodox, mm-hmm. highest sounding music as you see these Russian Orthodox priests come out. Like it, but just the simple way they walk out and do stuff, it's like right away, the way you cut this tells the story of how you see them interacting with the other people in the
1: village. Mm-hmm. Then you have the constable. Yeah. yeah. Who? I've always really liked this actor who plays the constable. Like, Very good.
0: He is, it feels uh, like a
2: thankless role, but he, he like really brings it and does a great job. The
0: constable it. is a bit of a thankless character role. Yes. Let's see, where is he? Who plays the constable?
2: And, and we talked about it in one of those reviews we did about how I quite like how the movie humanizes the constable in a way mm-hmm. that the show doesn't. Like the stage yes. show doesn't.
0: Um, yeah, the stage <laughs> show doesn't do enough with the constable to give him more to do. The okay, constable is Lewis Zork
1: who was an American Sorry.
0: actor, played sporting, um, he actually was a sporting goods salesman before he became an actor, and he's the father of Paul Butchman, who was the father on NBC's Mad About You series.
1: Huh, there that's cool. Go. Nice.
0: I love this debate about the horse, mule, horse, mule.
1: Yeah.
0: And just the guy's cool. reaction. Yeah. But then this cutting of all the different images yeah, in the um, synagogue. All the
1: Jewish
0: happening on screen. Yeah. yeah. And
1: apparently so
0: Fun fact about this horse This mm-hmm. horse was destined for the glue factory Oh no Until the film saved him And brought that's him cool. on set And apparently him and Topol were very close And like the horse just knew to follow Topol down the street And was like <laughs> the perfect scene partner And the way oh, they made him fun. go lame Was they actually put a stone Under his uh, horseshoe Oh no Well it's not going to hurt you
1: Okay it's not going to hurt anybody,
0: like, but it's, it's just going to make the horse walk a little bit different. So it looks like it's, it's walking lame.
1: Yeah. Like, I guess
2: if he was already destined for the glue factory, he probably he wasn't was, in peak physical form. But... No, he was an older horse. Yeah, but, like, I, yeah. I, I love that. He's kind of like, you know, Tevia, he's shabby. He's, yeah. you know, seen better days. And, yes. you know, they have this great connection. I'd love to see a whole documentary just on Tevia's horse. <laughs> that, that might as well.
0: Well, I mean, in the show, the joke is always that the horse is lame and that's because they couldn't have a real horse on stage. So they Mm -hmm. had to come up with the reason why is Tevye pulling the cart and not using his horse. So that's why every time he comes out on stage, he's like, my horse is still lame, God. Why'd you do that to me? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, but now we have an overture, which is not in the stage show. Mm -hmm. This is not part of the stage show. We go right from tradition into the scene with Golda and Yenta in the kitchen as they're discussing Cycle's potential match to Laser Wolf. Mm -hmm. So, Ryan, what do you think about them adding in a overture? Because they did this to West Side Story, too. West Side Story doesn't have an overture either. But in the film version, they added one in.
2: So what do you think about of, that? I think it's kind of clear just based on what's happening on screen right now. What function mm-hmm. it's serving is just creating an, a pause opportunity to have more credits rolling on screen. where yes. to at least not have them sort of overlaid on important dramatic action that we can sort of pause and make sure that these things get their due here but there's literally a musician in the title of the piece <laughs> so you know to take advantage of that as this character especially if they mm-hmm. got this like accomplished violinist yeah to play this part like yeah give them an extra an extra scene or something that's written specifically for the movie I, I'm all for it
0: well Easter Stern is the one that performed the music which mm-hmm. was conducted by John Williams in one of his first yes. screen credits But the actor who Mm -hmm. plays the Fiddler on screen that we will see, so his silhouette, and then we'll see him later. The Fiddler is played by Lebno, a Norwegian Mm -hmm. actor and dancer. Most notably notably played villainous roles in British television and drama. Okay. And he also is known for playing the Fiddler on the Roof.
1: That's neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always thought it was funny, and I remember, like,
2: even back to the very first community theater production of this I ever saw, that they have the actor playing the fiddler, and then mm-hmm. they have either somebody else playing the, yeah. playing the music off stage or, yes. or pre-recording of it, but I think that's more than anything a union thing, that if Probably. you're an actor, you're part of the actor's union, and if yes. you're a musician, you're part of the musician's union, and they don't overlap as much as we feel like they might should, maybe yeah. should. Yes.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember Patty LuPone played Mrs. Levin on Broadway, and that was the production mm-hmm. where all the actors had to play instruments, so she played right. the tuba, and I think I do remember her in her memoir talking about that they had there were some special union rules that had to be made for them as musicians as well as artists, yeah. and then also it's just trying to find a violinist or fiddler who can do the music, but then also act as well because we like also the most recent, stand on
2: a roof, on yes, stand on a roof, stuff.
0: yeah, exactly. Because I mean I know on the recent Broadway revival they did it was a female fiddler. Who we actually saw in Miracle of Miracles. She goes to uh, the new Onytevka in Ukraine. Right. Um, cool. And she performs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And here we go. Now we're at the set of the house. And we have Molly. I think it's Molly Pekan. Is, is um, Yenta.
1: Yeah. Molly, Molly Pekan plays Yenta the matchmaker. <laughs> oh. And then we have the
0: incredible Norma Crane. Who sadly passed away not two years after this film.
1: And that's she was actually suffering
0: breast cancer. She got diagnosed right before she started filming.
1: Oh, that's awful. And
0: she only told Topol, the producer, and the Norman Jewison, about her condition. Mm-hmm. So this is her last yeah. film credit. And she's terrific in this.
1: Yeah, she's great. She's perfect for the role.
0: Apparently the other person they were really going after to get the part was Anne Bancroft, Mel Brooks' mm-hmm. wife. And I yeah. could see her playing the role. But I think yeah. Norma Crane does a terrific job.
2: Mm-hmm like something that i've always liked about the movie is you know you're rattling off all these like facts and trivia about the actors but like (laughs) most of the actors i feel like i've never seen in anything else and i think that does kind of add to the authentic feel of like oh it looks like we are a fly on the wall in this real shtetl yeah
0: yeah that's true i mean like that's the thing is they went after real kind of new york not big name i mean Topol wasn't a big name before this movie
2: you know, like, this is the guy. main thing I know Topol from, and anytime yeah. I see him in anything else, I'm like, it's Topol from Fiddler. They're
0: <laughs> like, on Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't really think of a lot of these actors mm-hmm. as like, oh wow. Like I know in one of the documentaries they talked about mm-hmm. how someone like Frank Sinatra wanted to play, yes. play Tem- Danny yeah. K and Frank and like Sinatra
0: that. were two big names, and also Zero mm-hmm. Mostel from Broadway. Yeah, Zero Broadway.
2: Must would have made sense because he already did it on stage. But yeah, yes. if it's like an actor you really recognize, it becomes yes. a star vehicle for them as yep. opposed to them truly inhabiting the role in this kind of authentic way, I guess. Authenticity was a big theme we kept coming back to in mm-hmm. our review of the documentary about the making of this film.
0: It is, and that's something where, like, it's funny, this past week or last week, there was a thing going around on social media with Jack Black with a big beard hmm. Right now, because oh. he's wearing out his beard. And so the joke was that everybody start tagging Jack Black and sharing this. And the phrase underneath it was, My Tevya. Because there's the story, there, it's been announced that they are planning on remaking
1: Figure on the Roof.
0: And obviously, there are talks about who will play yeah. Tevya. Is it going to be Mandy Patinkin? Or are they going to try and get him to come back and do
1: a role in the film?
0: Because he would be a mm-hmm. natural pick as Tevya. Yeah, we've
2: talked about on those yeah. other reviews that, yes. Yeah, we have. An ideal pick for sure. I don't know. Jack Black obviously he's very recognizable, but so is Mandy Patinkin. Like, yeah, Mandy is a
0: bit more disappears into the role a bit more. Jack Black would be Jack Black, and that's something where it's like be a star turn versus a disappear into the role.
2: Yeah, like I think for most general audience people, the thing they know may have been taken from the best is Princess Bride. Yeah. And he now looks very different than he did back he does. then. So he does. Even if you have seen him in more things in his senior yeah. years, you might be like, oh, whoa, Inigo Montoya as Tevye. Uh, what a concept, as opposed yeah. to, yes, this is the natural role for him. Jack Black, yes. though, like I think... I've never heard him sing, like, actual, like, show tune songs. I've obviously heard yeah. him sing, like, rock songs. School uh, rock was a He's done film. some
0: Broadway-style stuff at the Oscars with Will Ferrell. He used to okay. be a, a gimmick for a few years. But, like, yes. he, like, he's a fine singer. He's not terrific. But, like, this is something where it's, like, you cast someone like a Topole Or recently, which we saw with Debo and West Side Story,
1: mm-hmm. where she
0: just won the Oscar playing an event. It's like, she's a Broadway actress. She is yeah. really yeah. tripping. I mean, what's the one thing everybody said coming out of the Lay movie was? Aaron Tavette and Samantha Barks, who were Andras and Eponine supporting roles, yeah. were, were really best good because they could sing the part and act the part and do the part really well.
1: And yet Anne
2: Hathaway's the one who got the Oscar for it.
0: Which I mean, uh, she did a really good job in that. But I, I she guess. was in
2: it for like five seconds, and she didn't win for best supporting. She won for best lead actor. No, no, after no, no. No she,
0: no, she was supporting. She was supporting. Really,
2: I could have sworn yeah. it was the opposite. Mm-mm.
0: No, she. No, she's best yeah. supporting. I think Julianne Moore won that year for I forget which one she won for. for one the one with the Alzheimer's.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: but anyway. So, but like these are all very traditional actor, I mean, if you think about it, when they did this on Broadway, the original Yenta was, I mean, okay, Yeah, I mean, I you could have done Be Arthur here, but she was doing Maude. People would have recognized yeah. her as yeah. Be Arthur. And yeah. that definitely would have detracted from the role. And so the fact that these are all actresses and actors who are smaller performers who have maybe not gone on to do as many things, but when they do this, it just feels like this feels like a whole movie. Uh, these three yeah. actresses who are all playing the daughters, they're the main daughters, there's two younger ones that they're there. Yeah, but not really nobody before. cares about
1: them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't even tell you their names.
0: <laughs> no, I can't tell you their names
1: either.
2: Yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah now that we're in this matchmaker, matchmaker yes. scene that's about to start, I remember on one of the documentaries talking mm-hmm. about how this song is... Very much the inciting incident of the plot. It's the moment when they, the daughters begin engaging in the revolutionary or at least mm-hmm. make the decisions to participate in that revolutionary action that yes. completely sets the course of what happens thereafter. We had a conversation in one of those reviews about, does that make the daughters the protagonists of the story? Mm-hmm. And I think we both came to the conclusion that, no, it's still Tevye's story.
0: It is, because it's his journey to get catch up to yeah. where his daughters are.
2: yeah. Like, the point I think I made at the time was that they, the daughters, essentially finish their arc by the end of this one song. Yeah. And everything that happens after is just them taking practical steps to get to the thing they decided Mm -hmm. at the end of the song. But Tevia is the one who goes through the real journey of responding to that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, by the end of this song, like, like, Sido's already on the side of, like, screw you to the Magic Maker. I have no desire to go with her pick. But you have mm-hmm. Huddle and Hava, who are the ones who have to discover what this really means being matched up by the matchmaker. And then by the mm-hmm. end, they're all declaring like, bring me no ring, groom me no groom, find me no find, cash me no catch, unless he's a matchless match. Yes. And so you're right. By the end of the song, they already have made the choice that they're breaking the, they will in some way break the mold, each one mm-hmm. a little bit more than the last. Yeah. So this is and fun. So Rosalind Harris, Mm-hmm. Was doing the show on Broadway. She was Bette Midler, who was performing as Saito's understudy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Rosalind Harris knew the Yenta's role from the way they interpreted it with the Arthur. Right. So she could, wasn't, so when she's doing this kind of mm-hmm. Yenta interpretation, Gorman Judas was like, no, this isn't it. This isn't, you're not mimicking <laughs> right. the right person. So he actually had to right. stop her and show her some footage of Molly Pecan doing the part. And she went, oh, It's this, Mm -hmm. not that. Like B. Arthur being B. Arthur is a very dry sense of humor, performer, very straight tone, not kind of this bird like pecking chicken all the Mm -hmm. time, you know? Yeah. And then, of course, we have the story from Journey to the Screen, where they talk about how when they started filming this song, the actresses had decided to go au natural for Mm -hmm. their roles, meaning they did not shave. So this yes. scene here where we see them getting dressed and Hava puts up her arms and there was yes. hair under the armpits. Norman Wilson stopped filming and told him to go home and shave because he's like, think, we're not doing
2: this. And I think what that tells us is that for all of the talk about authenticity that yes. went into the filmmaking process, there is a, there is a ceiling on how much authenticity yes. people will accept and yes. authenticity usually comes down to our idea of what authentic should mm-hmm. look like as opposed to what it actually does yes. look like. Well, that's exactly
0: um, it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. these women would have hair, hairy legs and hairy arms and hairy everything else because they're working in the fields, like, and they're in freaking Ukraine where it's cold winters, man. Like, yeah. body hair is important here. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So they wouldn't care about hairy armpits, but, you know, aesthetically for modern audiences, they would do the whole.
2: What is this?
0: And I mean, just that beautiful transition from the end of the song to now Tevya coming up the road with his horse.
2: Yeah, panning over, connecting the two stories. So we see, okay, that's the goal. We're going to resist the matchmaker, but here's the person we have to convince.
0: Correct. To get to that. And Mm -hmm. and then, so it's fun where every time Topol's talking to God, what they do is they had a tennis ball on a stick and Mm -hmm. held it at a certain point off camera every time. So every time you watch him, he's always talking to like the upper, what would be my left-hand screen.
2: Which I guess they, they didn't realize how ahead of the times they were because now in so many very heavily utilized CG films, yeah. uh, most actors have a tennis ball as their scene partner in a lot of the pieces. True. That's the digitally rendered figure or thing that they're <laughs> going to have to be talking one
0: but, picturing is like, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? There's like the cartoon of God who's talking Mm -hmm. to Arthur. Now I'm picturing it's
2: like
0: to cutting between Topol and like the cartoon of God, just Uh, looking down on him, talking back to him.
2: You know, if nobody's made that, somebody
1: should just do like a super cut of those two things together on YouTube. That'd be fun. Yes. (laughs) All right. So it's... Yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say as a kid, so I was shown this as a kid because I had the two VHS anniversary set my parents rented. And for some reason, as a kid, I didn't like yelling. Like like certain villains didn't scare me. Scar, Ursula, they didn't scare me. It was people like King Triton and and Tevia, who just for some reason just like to yell and bluster. That for some reason never sat right with me. So I never quite connected with them till I was much older. As a kid, I was like, ooh, I don't like this. Like,
1: I won't be late. I won't be
0: late. Right? Like, it's just a brace of energy. It's like, ooh, that doesn't sit right with me that he's yelling at his wife. Like, like but then you can watch their interaction as a, as you're older and you go, oh, she's goading him on with the, you'll be late. Like, yeah. like there's a bit more of a natural relationship that, that Topol and Norma Crane have with each other. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know we're now into, if I were a rich man, yes. that Tevia tells a story about his sore tooth that he did yeah. when he did this.
2: Mm-hmm. right yes i forgot about that but yeah that was yeah. interesting we had a lot of conversation at least on the first review about mm-hmm. uh something Liman or miranda actually said in that first mm-hmm. documentary about how this if i were a rich man is the most aspirational song most universal mm-hmm. aspirational song in the whole musical theater yeah. came in and mm-hmm. i don't know have your thoughts on that evolved at all since our last conversation about it? Or uh,
0: I happy? still think it's the most aspiration because we all have this moment of, if I won the lottery, what would I do, right? Like, there's a reason why people still buy into the lottery. People still are always aspiring to break through class divide that, <laughs> that exists in our world. To this day, people, right. like, people are always wanting to ascend to that next level and kind of enjoy yeah. some of the perks that, like, talks about the fact that there's going to be a stairway going to nowhere. Like, just yeah. the frivolousness of that. And, oh, my wife will be able to yell at the servants and won't have to bug me so much, right? It's people thinking that this, that monetary gain will buy happiness in the world is something that still is prevalent and people still aspire to that today. So I still go, absolutely, this is a very universal, most, what was the word that the yeah. word used?
1: But most. Aspirational. Universal. Aspirational song,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'd absolutely next. say this. it's still the most aspirational song. Because, I mean, there are other I want songs, like mm-hmm. part of your World," which is like Ariel wants to have legs. Well, that's a yeah. very specific thing for a very specific character. Yes. Tevia, what makes him such a great character is he is a human, struggling character. Everybody mm-hmm. feels like a Tevia at some point in life where, God, why did you do this to me? What have I done to deserve the bad hand that I'm currently being dealt in life? What do I do? Like, like I want to be rich. I want to have the nest egg that I don't have to worry about life. You know, like, that's something that is so real and that's what makes him such a great character. And he's not perfect. Like I was just saying, like, he kind of is a bit of abrasive at times. He's a bit (laughs) loud with his wife. And she throws it right back at him. So they kind of work together. But it's that thing Mm -hmm. of, there are moments where he's really mad and is kind of not making the best decisions. And there are moments where he is broken and human. Like he is such a great universal character, and this song is the anthem of
2: that universal character.
1: You know what I mean? Right, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're pretty much summing up a lot of the same points that I <laughs> raised originally. Like I, I think I had like maybe a more cynical take on yes, this song feels universal because we live under capitalism, and therefore monetary gain is the only way of improving your social station. <laughs> But there's also the idea that like it feels universal because even whether you're poor like Tevya or rich like Laser Wolf, you always feel like you should have more money. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's perhaps a very American idea. Um, yeah. At least in the idea of the American dream, and you yeah. know, I'm not rich. There's people who are billionaires, so even though I have a lot of money, I could always be richer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, I think people look at this song as yes, that's me, even if they aren't as poor as this person, or even if they're, yeah. Right? And it's
0: not even money. Like, he just talked about being able to go to the synagogue and pray, and also people would come to him with their problems, and he could pontificate and cause problems that would cross the rabbi's eyes. Like, it's not even just monetary Tevye wants. Tevye wants a community level of importance, where, just like the constable and the rabbi... And even for that matter, Laser Wolf, because he does have money, and he is a butcher. It's a essential work part of the village. Like he wants that acclamation, that recognition of notice me, make me more than just the dairy Because everybody can get a freaking cow and produce their own milk. They don't have to go to um, Tanya, but they do, right? Like, those, if you
2: want one tomorrow. You'll want two. What
1: do I want yeah. with two? The same thing you want with one. <laughs>
0: exactly uh, and that's exactly it like this is a very like he's not just like he's not monetary alone but he's he just wants more out of life he wants
1: he more. wants more
2: <laughs> speaking of i want songs yeah. uh, very iconic uh, song there
0: okay. but, like that's but, I mean, this song ends on such a perfect note where he is aspirational he's climbing up to the top of the barn to be god himself pouring food down on his animals and then he, cut, mm-hmm. he gets brought right back down to earth the end of this song where he steps in horse crap. It's yeah. like. No. yeah,
1: okay. something else
0: that. Yeah. No, you go ahead.
2: Yeah, something. Okay, I got to the part where he stepped in the crap, and I kind of mm-hmm. came to my mind re listening to our review when we had this mm-hmm. whole conversation. Is that, like, you know, we talk about, like, in screenwriting, like Save the Cat, Robert mm-hmm. McKee type stuff about, like, want versus need. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want song usually sets up the thing that they think they want, and over the course mm-hmm. of the journey, they realize, oh no, there was something else that I really needed. So, and I do think that probably does play out here in that he's singing about getting money, and that never happens for him. Mm-hmm. This isn't setting up the journey where Tevia strives to and either succeeds or fails at becoming a rich man. This is just him kind of talking about the life he wants, but then the journey that follows is really just about preserving mm-hmm. tradition. Yeah, uh, Preserving your community, negotiating the progressive views of your daughters. Yeah. I struggle to think, like, what is Tevia's need if we're thinking about it in this type of framework? Like, what is the thing that he's, because he's so busy thinking about money that he doesn't yes. realize that he should have wanted it all
1: along? I don't know if you have thoughts about that.
0: Yeah, so what is Tevia's real need? Tevia's real need is... I think it's, see, so this is tough. You you brought up a really good conundrum. What is he really need? Because, I mean, I do think he does need money to survive, because he clearly, like, has five daughters and they have no dowry, no money for a match. So, obviously, he's concerned about that. But I also think he wants some type of status in the world where, like, he talks about just not, I mean, but mind you, he doesn't realize he does have status. Like, here he is in this scene consulting with everybody and they're all talking to each other and he's Mm -hmm. kind of has a bit of a center of attention connection to everybody so i mean i don't know what tevi really needs. i I mean i think that's part of his journey is he needs his family and he needs his family to be okay and that's why he wants someone who is rich like like the daughters say for papa make him rich as a king like like, yeah that's what tevi wants he wants his daughter to be comfortable and that's why he goes with laser wolf as a pick for for his eldest daughter because he goes uh, he's old, but hey, he's got money. So, you know, yeah. my daughter will Everybody never
2: starve. Well, this is, I guess, kind of the thing that goes off the show of is that we have this character who is cursed by the fact that he has five daughters. Because in the the kind of like marriage economy of yes. this time and place if he had sons he would receive a dowry when he married yeah. them off because <laughs> um, but because he has daughters he's expected to pay out that dowry when yeah. they get married now like what's on, oddly enough is laser wolf seems like this compelling pick because he's he's older he's widowed he has a lot of money he's expecting no dowry and he'll provide financially for settle. Yeah. but when all three of the daughters who do get married over the course of the plot make their picks, none of them do come with the expectation of a dowry, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah, um, none of
0: them. A, a, none of them are looking for financial gain either. Like as daughters, like they're not. Like I mean, Huddle the closest where her original crush is on the rabbi's son because that's yes, a status position. And, then she, marries the communist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she, yeah, she marries the communist purchase I mean, look yes. at Tevye here, just helping over him, knuckling the beggar, giving him a bit of milk. Like, <laughs> alright. So, but I mean, like, she chooses a communist. She chooses someone who is poor, who has no home, who is kind of a wandering traveler. I mean, we're up to the scene now where Tevye is meeting Perchik for the first time.
1: Okay. And
0: even looking at the difference between Model and Perchik is vast. Like, they are 180s from each other. Where Model yeah. has already grown the beard, he kind of assimilates into the, kind of, older men of the town, he is looking to settle down, own his own tailor shop, get a sewing machine, and then you have Perchik, who has no beard, he is a wanderer, he comes in and kind of pushes the envelope where he's telling the guys, stop spitting in the air and actually do something about your life. You know, stop mm-hmm. complaining about the czar, do something, overthrow the czar. Yeah. You know, like, he's coming in, shaking up the mold right, and Teddy kind of likes him for that. Tevye
2: kind of yeah. likes you're There's right. You're you. also right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just got myself caught up to there. I don't know if that's <laughs> still behind her where you are. But I'm around
0: 3440.
2: I'm... Okay, you're about a minute ahead of me. Let me okay, see if I can catch you there. Yeah. Uh, but...
0: And I mean, I will say this cheese that Teffy is giving out looks very good.
1: <laughs> yes, it does look very tasty. He's good at his job as a dairyman. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I have five, Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and see Tevye once and he pushes like,
0: the rabbi's assistant guy away Like he's like look he's a radical don't talk to him and Tevye's like eh, go away
1: yeah, yeah. I want to hear what he has to say
0: exactly like, that's something that Tevye is for as much as he likes tradition he's willing mm-hmm. to listen to what Perchik has to say
1: mm-hmm.
0: and even makes a deal where it is lessons for food like,
1: yes. like he
0: is willing to kind of go outside the boundaries yeah. of it
2: and Perchik is one of the alternative suitors to his daughters that like he does accept. He, yes. Because he's Jewish, specifically. Yes. That's yes. The, that becomes the breaking yes. point that he can no longer. Yes. He can not end without breaking.
0: Sorry, Fieca.
1: Yes. We were that before. but yeah. yes. But, and
0: like, even that, like that whole thing of when he goes to Golda, and we'll get to that scene where he's convincing Golda of why he allowed the match. And he even says golda i like him like mm-hmm. I, 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 he's a little crazy but i like him and model never gets that type of like no. like because like, i think model is always going to be the little boy in his eyes because they grew up together like he
2: is the yes. little next-door neighbor boy he, he accepts model because yeah. they made each other a pledge yeah it's exactly. not because i just really like that guy i think he'd make a good husband it's, I, it's I, all i, about I, him. I,
0: I what finally convinces him about model is the fact that model stands up to him and actually like says his piece. And actually <laughs> goes, Oh, you can talk like a man. Perchick, he's like, ah, oh, that guy's already talking like a man. He's already pushing the elders around.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And here's Huddle already making up that Perchick there. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, Tevya talks about Hava being his favorite of his daughters when she leaves, and you are always everyone's favorite
1: child.
0: But yet, in this just the way that Tevia reacts to Perchik's remark about Huddle having a very witty tongue. The whole concept of the tongue she gets from me or no, the witch she gets from me, the tongue she gets from her mother. You know? Like it's one of those things of it seems like he's more closer to Huddle than he is to, to Hava. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the movie didn't really quite build in enough of a connection between Hava and Tevia. Yeah,
2: and I feel like one downside, in this is both the movie and the stage show, is that the daughters do tend to become a little interchangeable with each yes. other. Seidel yes. gets the most characterization differentiation. Gets
0: she, the whole you know, first act to herself as
2: like exactly. the daughter and of then the, And then the other two get condensed a little bit and therefore don't get to be as flushed out with their own distinct personalities, which is a shame, yeah. but it's
0: They each get half an act.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it doesn't help no. make their I days. mean,
0: apparently there was an early talks of making this a three-act musical. So, I guess hmm. each daughter would have gotten in her own act and her own adventure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously, you can't do a three-act musical. I mean, this show's already three hours long. like It's a long yeah. show. I don't
2: know people listen through more. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, we, by the time we get to, you know, Huddle specifically, we've yeah. seen a version of this play out before. It's not a matter of, oh, man, how will Tevin grapple with this? It's just a matter of, like, okay, yes, how is he going to. How's he gonna pull it off?
0: Yes. Correct, <laughs> um, yes. Another dream, she'd never believe it.
2: <laughs> too many dreams. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, I'm not against the pacing we have here, but it does mean that the latter two daughters do get a little condensed.
0: I mean I mean Hava the most because I mean at least Huddle gets the Far From Home I Love song at the yeah. train station where at least she gets a like Not even Settle gets her own song. The model's the one that gets the Miracle of Miracles song. I love this. The Talk to him. All right! (laughs) Like, as a kid, that made me feel weird. Like, oh, they're yelling at each other. But then as an adult, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, they're giving it to each other. Like, they're both giving and taking a bit. Like, she yells Mm -hmm. at him first, and he kind of yells back at her
2: for fun. I guess it's kind of setting up an interesting dynamic between them where when they do get to the song, Do You Love Me? Yeah. We've seen enough tension between them that the yes. answer could conceivably be no. Yeah. It isn't. And we understand that yeah. the song is very sweet because yeah. they do indeed love each other. But, you know, we don't see a lot of lovey loviness between yeah. them until that yeah.
1: point. Yes.
0: I mean, and I can see why, model. I mean, we're now to the part where, and it's great, like the way they frame this where in the middle between the two mm-hmm. of them in the background watching this interaction of Tevia, I'd like to say something to you. Yes. What is it, model?
2: What is it? <laughs> like yeah, good good Sabbath. shake hands
0: yeah. yeah but it's like one of those things of i can see why would be a little bit iffy on can this guy actually do something for my daughter when he can't even speak to me but at the same mm-hmm. time i'm also going Tevi, you kind of
2: scare the guy like, i can see you why you he... scare the guy and if muddle is hesitant yeah. it's because it's out of respect for the yes. tradition that Tevi is yes. so concerned about breaking yes like he understands that this is a radical proposition yeah. and i don't know how my love's father is going to feel about it. like <laughs> So I don't blame him for yeah. his hesitancy. He, he's also the one going in this with the least precedent. They are the ones that yeah. have to blaze the trail. Yeah. Whereas by the time we get to Perchuk and then later Fetka, Fetka, I can never say his name, right? Yeah, gotcha. uh, oh, yeah we've had precedents for these okay. kinds of things. So why can't we just push it just a wee bit further? Yes. But yeah, Muddle, this is foreign territory for him and Seidel. Yeah.
0: And I mean, also like the fact that Muddle talks about can we wait until I save up for my own sewing machine? Because at least then I'll feel mm-hmm. like I have enough of a business to be willing yeah. to provide for you.
1: Uh, yeah. I was
0: like, no, like even a poor tailor is in type of, some type of happiness. Don't wait till something because it'll be too late. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the this, this show sets a really good urgency right off the top with this first daughter where it's like, here's the problem. Settle wants him. Tevi wants this. What are they going to do to get it to get together? But then you get these beautiful moments where we had two big kind of Loud, joyous numbers of Matchmaker and, and, and If I Were Richmond. But now we get to the Sabbath prayer, which is like, slow down. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, this show does a really good job of balancing each other. Like, we're going to go right from this song into uh, to life. Right. Right after. But mm-hmm. I think this is important because this is, once again, it sets up the whole concept of what is their tradition? Yeah. It's Sabbath. And this is what the Sabbath is. Like, this is what they do.
2: And none of the ruptures of the tradition necessarily, you know, run the risk of disturbing this tradition. Like, yeah. It's, this is, you know. It's well, except very for much, maybe Hava. Hava would disturb well, this tradition. Well, but then it just means embracing new traditions. And, True. And, you know, I don't know. It's very. Thinking like in this frame of mind of yeah, yeah. an isolationist community like this, yeah. when we live in the time, the we we do we yes, where intermarriage is very common and seems yeah. like a silly reason to disown your child, but that's just me.
0: So here we go. So now, finished Sabbath. I love this—the fact that he goes to the house and he keeps fogging up the glass. <laughs>
2: yes, very, very fun visual. Yeah.
0: Like once again, yeah. it sets up Tevi is going to be out of, like out of his element here. Like he is a rustic farmer. He's about mm-hmm. to go into this other world of this house uh yeah. of Laser Wolf. So that's very nice. Like it's a very nice home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, like like Laser Wolf has a maid or whatever
2: this woman is. Yeah, like, who, it's who hard to say name. what her role here is, but like, some kind of housekeeper.
0: Some some type of housekeeper. But the fact, like we just saw, what Tevia's house was like this little tiny shack, and here yeah. he's got like this beautiful sitting room with couches and lamps and. Drapes and, and pictures on the wall. Like right? clearly, Laser Wolf is doing quite well for the town butcher.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like,
0: doing a very good all, job setting up the difference.
1: All What's of up? this for killing
2: little animals. Yeah, yes. This line that Tevia just says, "Like, yeah, yeah that's." It definitely does, as Tevye somebody who, you know, I feel like a vegan wouldn't be fond of either of these men's professions, but as Tevye, who sees himself as, like, uh, I work with the animals, I don't yes, kill them. Tevye.
0: And of course, Leisrael comes out with the bloody apron, like... Yes. Tavia's already the- like, he's not gonna get my new milk cow, like...
2: It's funny, this was little baby Ryan's first introduction to the concept of dramatic irony in this scene, this conversation. Oh ah, yes. Uh, about how we, the audience, know what this exchange is actually about, but the mm-hmm. characters don't, and that's where the humor comes from. Yes.
0: And we should note that the actor who plays Laser Wolf in this is, hold on, let me bring him up here he is where is he
2: got a great beard that's for sure he
0: has a beautiful beard oh here we go paul man paul man is his name he's canadian paul man
1: he is canadian
0: and he actually even had a brother who was an actor named larry d man and he and paul founded the paul man actors workshop
1: nice
0: and apparently that's cool and paul here were both senior men, and mm-hmm. he apparently did not get along on set. They were quite okay. the curmudgeons to each other. Which, so,
2: were, I guess, came to a boil at the wedding scene. Yes. You can keep your disease chickens. <laughs> yeah.
0: Here's something cool. So, man, so Paul Mann and his academy of that he did, alumni of his school include Ruby D, Billy D. Williams, oh cool. Sidney Poitier,
1: wow. Al we'll Lewis, work with you, yeah.
0: and, uh, and Vic Morrow.
1: Wow, so quite he a stars. few big
0: names went through his school.
1: Well, that's
2: cool. Yeah, was that before or after this movie?
0: This was he set this up in. Uh, okay,
2: so, so a couple decades before. So yeah. that's yeah. so he's kind of coming into this project as more of like a veteran of he stage. He is, screen, oh,
0: probably. And He actually got a, a Golden Globe nom- nom- nomination for, for Best Supporting Actor
2: for this performance. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's funny because like he. He's obviously important to the plot, but you don't. Yeah. And he is certainly an imposing screen presence, but yeah. you don't really think of him as like one of the major players in this yeah. story. So, yeah. in recognition of his work, to give him that nomination, but yeah, I think it's well earned. But yeah. even if
1: it's not something that comes to mind necessarily, yeah. all <laughs> cows, you call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: This is just yeah. fun. Dramatic irony
0: yes, oh it's so good, and it's so and yeah. these two actors do such a good job playing opposite each other on this, yeah. and I mean, like Paul oh, man looks like he could play Santa Claus, just oh. that jovial chuckle he did when he finally figured out what the miscommunication yeah. is. It's like yeah, oh okay, you're you're you actually seem like a fun guy, it just sucks you're, you're yeah. gonna get screwed over in this yes <laughs> and 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 going to kind of make you look bad,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: There we go. So Cycles so in every
2: Thursday in his butcher shop.
1: Every Thursday, which, uh, now thinking back to that opening montage, that's
2: right. what we've seen. Yes. That we were introduced to both of these characters yeah. in each other's presence,
1: not realizing yet at the time that yeah. this is the first attempted match that's going to set the other dominoes in motion. Exactly. I forget, Ryan,
0: when we did Fiddler in our playbook club, were you Laser Wolf in that? I know you were the I, rabbi. I cast you as the rabbi.
2: I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> we all had to play so many characters. It's true. That. that
0: was a big cast for us to get
2: through. You were Tevya. Like, that was Tevia your own request. Um, I,
0: I was but, my uh, pick. I was like, I'm going to be yes. Tevia. This yeah, is I great. Gonna,
2: yeah. Pause. The first freeze frame, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean exactly because i mean on stage it's really easy for this to do it's like spotlight down individual spotlight on Tevia, hold your yeah. pose when you do this on film it's like how the hell do you do this concept because you need to have this internal monologue because this is very this is part of Tevia's thing Is he talks to god and he has his own side monologues throughout the show
1: yeah
2: probably they picked just the perfect freeze frame image yep. to stop on. Those eyes,
0: like, Paul Mann had such blue eyes, man. Like just that yeah. look. of
2: that
1: <laughs> it's great.
0: And then once again, this is why you would cast somebody like Topol because this is a very tight close up on, yeah. on 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 Tevia. And if you're thinking about Zero Mustel, he's a very big, very broad actor.
1: Yeah,
0: that that I don't know if he would do well with that tight close up kind of. Excellent yeah, like, like, like like slow thinking performance that he's doing.
2: Yeah, it would definitely feel more like an invasion of his personal space yes.
1: than yes. it does with Topol.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, Topol yeah. feels like you're well he's welcoming you into this thought process he's going through of,
1: of like, why would I improve this match?
0: Oh he's rich, okay, alright, I'll do it.
1: Yeah. Twist my arm, why don't you? Yeah. And of course they're now gonna get schnockered on Wagner. Yes. To life, like, I, life.
0: I also too love life. the fact that they keep making reference to that Tevia once will, will be Laser Wolf's papa once yeah. he marries Seidel. It's like I wanted to song but a younger one.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But like, I it's funny how like I guess in this culture
2: where yeah, mm-hmm. based on what we saw in Matchmaker, Matchmaker, this seems like a common occurrence of these older widowed men are oh, treated yeah. as the suitors for young women of course um, well they have the money they
0: have the power to go to anything yeah, exactly so here's some money go it, find me a new one
2: so i don't blame Tevia for not yeah. batting an eye at this very yeah. Yeah. old man is going to be my son-in-law like that is the kind of thing that does happen yes. around here
1: yeah
0: and this is and i love the fact that in the stage show this whole scene takes place in the bar they never mm-hmm. go to laser wolf's house but right. then in the film because we talk about how in the film you can expand the world and do more because you can track down the street. And it's like, that's such a yeah. great concept because you can easily write this scene to be all the whole time in the bar.
2: Well, yeah, as they do but, on stage.
0: As you do. As but, the- yeah. But here they were like, no, we're going to go to his house and we're going to come out of the house.
2: Yeah. Like, and going to his house, I guess. Yeah, it, the only real function that it serves to differentiate it from the stage version is yeah. that we get to see the life of luxury that way. Yes, leads Provides, and that's part yeah. of the process that convinces yeah. Tevia that this is a good yeah. match. Exactly. If this is all happening in the bar, it yeah. still works, but you kind of have to infer a lot more of that.
1: Mm-hmm. So live another day, drink high such great male
0: harmonies here, this is such a, a
1: manly yeah. show, just in the sense of like the so daughters
0: manly. are very important, but like I mean, you have the bottle dance, you got just Tevia being Tevia, you got like this big male chorus here, it's like so much of this has such a male energy to it it's like it's so like, and just it's like, oh, you just feel it, and then it makes you feel even more powered to the daughters who are fighting against this male energy that predominates their village. <laughs> And I love the dance here. The Yai, die, da, 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 da. yeah, it's really
1: nice. Like to this is great furniture. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I mean, sadly, we don't we won't see this type of stuff done anymore on film. This kind of no. dance break. I mean, actually, Matilda the musical just included dance breaks again. Oh well, yeah, but, like, in
2: the Heights, it's a good reason. In the example. Heights
0: did it too. Like like they do it once in a while, but not as often as like these, where it's like
1: almost every number. There's going to be a bit of a dance break yeah.
0: here. And then, of course, we have the Russian soloist.
1: Yeah. When, when
0: Strafford did this with Scott Wentworth, they actually choreographed it so the, the Russian soloist was actually kind of picking on Tevya a bit. Like they would go to Clinton Classic and he would up, pull it away at the last minute and Tevya would stumble a bit. So there was a bit more of that energy of tension that they're, oh, they're not quite on the same level here. Like he's kind of dicking with right. him a bit. And I love yeah. the fact that Laser Wolf is picking up on this. Like the fact that they're encroaching on him. And Tevye's just, like, drunk. You're like, oh, yeah, this is great, man. This is great. But, but even there's a wolf like, oh, wait, hold on a minute. Back up.
2: They're invading. What I love about this, like, maybe, sure, they're invading, yeah. but I see this scene in particular as an example of these communities are not so different. They are. If, yeah, they can was- celeb- yeah. if they can celebrate together like this, yeah. why can't they be integrated? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I see, you know, Chava's marriage yeah. as the the perfect Romeo and Juliet-esque yes. breaking down of these barriers yeah. that we see is possible in this scene.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, when Autumn and I did this episode, that's why she put this song on her top. She because she goes, this is the song of hope. You see mm. this number, and the fact that there's going to be a moment where this guy's just bumped into Tavia and you think, oh, is it going to turn to West Side Story in here? Like some mm-hmm. brawl in, in the bar? But then they, nope, they find a way to dance together. And it's like, oh, there is possibility of, oh, this can end happily, and we're all going to, you know, get together and kumbaya. But then it's like, oh,
1: no, 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 no.
0: Because right after this scene, we get the constable telling Tevye, oh, there's going to be a pogrom coming to town. Like, yes. Heads up. Chekhov's gun here. Like, we're setting up. There's going to be a pogrom. There's going to be a pogrom. Like,
2: yeah, let's hope it doesn't happen on your daughter's wedding night.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, we. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I love the fact that Tevy just takes the tip of the hand. Yes. And like once again, it's just very, a great character talented. work here that it's like. And Tevy gets into it. Like, he says, I like it. Yeah. And, but then you see Laser Wolf off to the side going, like, stop this. This is like, don't do this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Like, even more so than Tevy, yeah. Laser Wolf, I think, is the embodiment of tradition. Yes. He's the. He well, he's gone through yet to the
0: matchmaker to get a new marriage like
2: he's yeah, he's doing it the proper yeah. way. He yeah. is represents the marriage that needs yep. to be thwarted for progress yes. to happen. Yeah. To be counter to that tradition. He's yeah. like claps his hands and then Backs off like okay, yep. that's enough. I will yeah. I will only go so far whereas yes. Tevye is willing to get into it. Yeah. But yeah. Obviously he doesn't pan out fully and the, the impending pogrom is a big part of that.
0: And it's funny like you know that Jerome Robbins directed the original stage show, and they're using his choreography in
1: yeah. the film here.
0: And notably, Jerome Robbins also directed the stage show and helped direct the film version of West Side Story. This scene mm-hmm. feels very much like the dance at the gym, like the back and yeah. forth between the Sharks and the Jets, between the Russians and and, 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 and Tevye's group. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like once again, like this is all about like how do you come together? And there's like just the ways they're doing this. It's like just incredible. And just the chaotic yeah. energy of this, and just the like everybody getting swept up in the
2: excitement. And yet, in every single shot, you can yeah. pick out a, one of our main characters. Like yes. it feels chaotic, but you're, yeah. there's always like an anchor point so that you can yes. be like, "Okay, yes, I know that person." I yeah. Okay, I yeah. see what's happening. Yeah. It's very controlled. chaos. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's a bit of a dated ending there, where it's like the freeze frame on the and frame.
2: fade to black. It's like
0: I don't think we needed the freeze frame. We could have just it's done a natural rocky. fade into.
2: It feels like Rocky yeah. 2 at
1: the end yeah. of like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> you know that, came
1: at, that came about a, almost yeah. a decade after this, yeah. but it's yeah. still fun. Yeah. And here we go. This is the Papa chat I was, I was referencing. Yes. You will be yes. my Papa. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> so Ryan, like, when did your parents show you this movie? Like, How old were you uh, when you started in the real movie?
2: I don't remember how old I was when I first saw the movie, I mentioned this on one of those other reviews we did, is that I kind of feel like Fiddler was one of the first plays I ever saw, because I probably know the first, but it's hard to remember exactly what the first is, but I remember being quite young, like maybe six or seven years old, when there was a community theater production of this Mm -hmm. happening in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And by the synagogue that my family went to kind of arranged a fundraiser to rally community support to get the small Jewish community that there was in my hometown to see. And yeah, I remember specifically sitting around the dinner table with my my family and Mm -hmm. my dad in anticipation of us seeing this community theater production explained the plot of Biddler to me and my brothers as, you know, on one hand he's like ah this is our culture this is where you come from but the other like this is probably very foreign to your sensibilities as a kid growing up in yeah. early 21st century canada so yeah. yeah so i remember like basically getting like my dad's plot like you know scene by scene breakdown of a plot yeah. at a dinner table and then going to see this community theater production at like age six to eight probably mm. and it was sort of a little while after that that i saw the movie for the first time already being familiar with the stage version
1: True,
2: from a community theater production, so you know, not necessarily the best quality, but I remember enjoying it. Yeah, I remember that during the pogrom, the Russian soldiers came in through like the through the house. Audience, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, and I remember I was sitting on the end, and I I remember me being a little kid, and the audience thought like I could trick them. Oh. Remember, this is like one of my first plays yes. I've ever been to. I'm like, this is crazy. The actor's right next to me. Oh, they're gonna disrupt the wedding. What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> yes, I don't believe I did
1: anything, but maybe I should have. Right. Should have, <laughs> you know.
0: I love Tevye's reaction here. Like we have been going through the pogrom speech, and then the fact that Tevye tells the constable, "You're a good mm. man. It's too bad you're not a Jew."
2: Yes. Right? Which, if you recall, I said that. When we were sort of uh, script-doctoring, I guess is the word yeah. I will use. The, the composition of shots and editing for yeah. the second documentary, I said that this could have been the opening image because this yeah. idea of, too, bad you're not a Jew, interestingly reverberates against the documentary's main theme of Norman Jewison, who's not a Jew, yet he was able to connect and effectively tell the story. Yeah. So th- that line always stood out for me,
1: I guess. As, uh, especially knowing that the director of that very exchange was not himself Jewish. Mm. Dear God. Yeah. Why do you come with me? Like,
0: And it, it's such a tragic statement where it's like, I just mashed up my first daughter, she's going to be rich, she's going to be happy, and then you come and yep. douse water on me. Yeah. And there are people in the world, I mean, I was, I was listening to my dad talk about his dad. And the fact that mm-hmm. his mum died six months after he was born. So he was raised by his sister, or sorry, he was sent to live with relatives and got brought back to be raised by his sister. Then huh. he, and he's only partially way through high school. He wants to go to school to be a vet. And his dad dies and he has to take over the farm. And then he has two kids and my dad's mom dies and childbirth of their third kid. Huh. But, and so my dad goes, that's like, he would look out the window in the kitchen and kind of do the, why God? Yeah. Like, what did I ever do?
1: look up getting... to the tennis ball
0: yeah, yeah. exactly like, and he actually was a dairy farmer so it's one of those things huh. of you would look up and go like why like what did I do and it's like is yeah. the same way like that Tevi's very Where it's like just when you feel you get a foot ahead something comes and takes you two steps back
1: yeah
2: and now here we have we see the Fiddler's face for the first time yeah like yes, what do you think about them showing the originally.
0: Fiddler here and doing a bit of a dance like why do you think they showed this
2: like I, I don't know why it's necessarily in there. Mm-hmm. I like what it adds to the story is that after we've had the high, the low, it mm-hmm. kind of brings us back to the high by specifically playing If mm-hmm. I Were a Rich Man and giving yeah. Tevi an opportunity to dance. He yeah. feels like the thing that he was singing about in that I want song is finally mm-hmm. starting to pay off. Maybe he's not gonna be rich himself, mm-hmm. but he is marrying off one of his daughter without the need for a dowry, and she will be well taken care of, and, and yeah. that's kind of what it's all about, that desire for wealth. Mm-hmm. Is more than anything for his family than for himself, and he feels like he's one step closer to yeah. achieving that. Yes. So at least having that reprisal come in a very diegetic way by having it be the Finler playing it allows mm. Tevia the character, to revel in that that a non diegetic version wouldn't necessarily provide. True. True. And
0: now we're at the riverbank with Perchik.
2: Yeah, he's teaching his lessons to the yes. little ones whose names nobody knows.
0: Yeah, I think it's Revka and something else.
1: Yeah, they might as well I... be that.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: And, of course, we have the
0: washing the clothes in the river,
1: which is, like,
0: very old school, you know?
1: Yeah, I know. I
2: know my grandparents and great-grandparents in old country did that.
0: Did they?
1: Yeah, I've heard my mom tell stories about that kind of thing.
0: Well, I mean, it's Uh, organic. It's natural. It's the environment. uh,
1: They
2: didn't have machines that could do it for them luxuriously. Yeah. Here we have our Mm-hmm. I guess flirt first, real flirty scene between Huddle and Perchick. Yes,
0: this feels very much like uh, Anita and Bernardo from West mm-hmm. Side
2: Like it's like the
0: they're going to push each other. Like like they're both going to have very valid points, and they're going to kind of get each other's goats a bit.
2: Yeah, I feel like some media tends to push this message so often that if two people don't like each other, you know they're going to wind up together. And like <laughs> that's not always that's not a healthy. That's not always. Okay. That, Sometimes
0: people just don't get along.
2: Yeah. And you also don't want to tell people that, like, if someone's mean to you, that means they like you. Keep, yeah. being, keep, keep being mean to them. That's yeah. how you communicate your affection. Like, these are bad lessons that I hope are
1: moving past.
0: I hope so. <laughs> and I but, mean, like, know. being a little bit aggressive here. Like, he's going to teach her to dance. And she's not, yeah. like, quite going into it. Like, she's made it very clear, like, we have traditions, we have customs. Like, yeah. not into this. And then by the end, she is. But, like, but he's whipping but he, her around there.
1: Yeah. Like, by I mean, the end, she is, like, he can't yeah. possibly know that when he starts yeah. and continues even yeah. through her yeah. displeasure. Yes. Yeah.
0: And if you listen to the melodic line of this, you mm-hmm. do hear par- uh, Far From the Home I Love. Oh. At the end. That's just that, Yeah. Da, yeah. Like never never, never that noticed that. that before. The huddle theme comes in a
1: bit at the end. Huh. That's clever. Mm-hmm. There we go, and I guess that is good dance foreshadowing for how Perchik's the one who's reintegrates the gender
2: dancing at the wedding. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. This is once again a checkoff setup of they dance. Yeah, it's a mild,
2: it's a mild one, but it just basically tells us two things about Perchik: the guy loves to dance and will not respect your segregated gender dynamic.
0: And then Tevya comes out hungover.
2: Yeah, with the chicken. Yeah, away. I love it's the fact that funny.
0: the chicken comes out first. Like, that's such a the, great the little chicken.
2: detail. Yeah, it's very cartoonish, but it's very nicely. Yeah.
0: It's, it's just and, like and how in Beauty the Beast, when Gaston puts his feet up on Belsit and he's telling her about his yeah. vision for the future, but his sock yeah. has a hole in it. It's like such yeah. a great little detail of. They didn't have to put the chicken in there, of him kicking yeah. up the chicken. He could just enter it into the scene.
1: Yeah, but like, but it's funnier.
0: But the it's funnier with the chicken, and it's more organic, like, of course, like, they're free range chickens. Like, yeah. And their door is open. Of course they're going to like have a chicken show up in the house
1: every once in a hmm How are we doing for viewers? I see we still have our one person in the audience. Have there been any
2: comments or No anything?
0: comments yet. They are just enjoying our conversation.
2: Hey, thanks for tuning in. If there's anything you want to <laughs> ask or say to us, pop it in there. Ask
1: away. Uh, <laughs> yes. We we see a scene of milking a cow, which you
2: know feels fitting in this movie about a dairyman that there is actual milking happening.
0: Absolutely, it's funny when my dad was there seeing into the woods, and there's Mm -hmm. the whole storyline about Jack's cow doesn't produce any milk. He turns to me and goes, "Don't they know they have to breed the cow to get the milk?" Like, (laughs) yes, like wouldn't that kind of be obvious?
1: Poor Milky White, (laughs)
2: poor
0: Milky White.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I right. love that. Like, so, why do you have to clap? Like, to have you being hungover the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we got Seidel not reacting well to this news.
0: No, she's kind of stunned. But Gold is happy.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, she would be. May she rest <laughs> in peace.
0: May she rest more in
2: peace. Set- more, set- a-
0: more set up. Through <laughs> <Yeah. Fruma Sarah. laughs> Yeah. I just love the fact that Gold is a bit like the town gossip in a way, where she's like, ah, oh, that other woman, you know, she was a bit of a bitch, you know, like we really liked her anyway. Good thing she's dead. Yeah, good
2: uh,
1: no thing that her widow her is now yeah. free to, yes. to provide a nice life for my daughter. Yeah. Isn't Perchick going to congratulate mm-hmm. her? Not For getting a rich man. Yes. Second yes. line. Mm hmm. It's a good question, Tevya. What is wrong with yeah. being rich? Sometimes people yeah.
0: get lucky and they marry the right person, or they fall into the right luck and they get lucky. Yeah. And I mean, Laser Wolf didn't just fall into his money. He works for it as the butcher. Like he he's does, there late yeah. at night butchering the animal when he meets Tevya that
2: day. Like he's not yeah. sitting
0: at home with his feet up with his housekeeper doting on him. He's out there like butchering
2: away. Like I wonder why, like someone, like I don't know how the economy necessarily works in a small shuttle like this, but. You know, Tevya provides dairy for everybody in the yeah. town, and Lysar Wolf presumably provides meat for everyone in the town. Yes. Is there is the economic disparity between the two of them? Just that meat is so much more valuable than dairy. Like,
0: I would in, guess because once again, it's one of those things of anybody can buy a milk cow, and milk the cow, but yeah. kosher the way it's prepared. Maybe there's something that.
2: that oh yeah, a I don't does. think anyone. I don't think anyone's buying non-kosher meat in this yeah. town. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. So soon no, as maybe laser wolf has the market cornered on butchery.
2: Yes.
3: And yeah. here Teb is don't... a
0: bit of a bad guy, where like title's yeah. like, I'll do anything not to do this. Yeah. she'll hire herself out as a servant if she can't if she'll do anything to not marry this man.
1: Yeah.
0: And is being a bit of a hard ass here. And like you could view him as a villain or at least a antagonist of Johnny in this moment.
2: Well, certainly. And if we are going to go with the interpretation that sees yes. the daughters as the protagonists, yes. he is the thing that stands in their way, the person yes. who does need to be convinced. Yes. I do think we are invited more to see Tevye as the protagonist mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. we could say that his actions might be overly aggressive or perhaps even villainous, but he is yes. not the villain of the story or, is, no. you know, antagonist. Yeah.
0: No, he, he definitely is an antagonist, but it comes from a place of he wants security for his daughter. And the fact that he says, it's all right, I guess you were not meant to have wealth or riches.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was not ordained. So the fact that More he says chickens. that...
2: the like,
1: yeah. then Here comes the model.
0: The <laughs> model who we should say is played by Leonard Fry, that was his name.
1: Leonard Fry, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, he passed like away the
0: age of in 1988.
1: Oh, sad. Yes. Uh, sadly, uh, he passed away just, from um, AIDS. He died of AIDS. Oh, uh, uh, that's
2: really uh, sad. Yeah. yeah, I find this scene very funny because he just agrees that okay, Seidel, it's fine. You don't have to marry
1: Laser Wolf. But and <laughs> and
2: there's this whole other second encounter about like get out of here, model. I have to deal with my daughter's marriage. What am I gonna yeah. do? Like it's just yeah, the dramatic irony and this is you know, Chef's Kiss yes. spot on.
0: Well, it's very once again. This was written by Bach and Harnik, and they're Jewish writers. And this yeah. is a very kind of Mel Brooksian old school style of writing comedy. A lot yeah. of wordplay, a lot of kind of repeat the dialogue a bit. You know, Seinfeld was the same type of thing. Like Larry yeah, David is Jewish as well, and he definitely has that energy to him too. Like, it's an old school style right now. that you, of you don't see much anymore.
1: It's kind of a bit of a lost yeah. comedic art. It's him. It's him. Himself. Him. Your mind, or go no crazy? You must be crazy. Now, what's weird is
0: later on, I think it was in the 90s, Rosalind Harris ended up playing Golda on stage. Yeah. Because she aged up enough that she can now play Golda. And he was, I mean, Kevya's still going. I mean.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't love that. Just there's something oddly Freudian about it. Yeah. Does not do it for me.
1: (laughs) I I
0: mean, Rosalind Harris, if you ever did come on our show, we would happily. Ask you about the experience of going from playing the daughter to the mother and what that was yeah. like for you as an actor.
1: Yeah. You know, if you're watching, yeah. <laughs> thanks
2: for tuning in. If you're the one, could you imagine that the one person who's watching this live is Rosalind Harris? <laughs> that Shout out to you. <laughs> Get in the comments yeah. and let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to whoever the one person watching really is, you know, we are no less disappointed that it's you. You are the only you that there is. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in.
0: I love these monologue songs that he does. Yeah. They are come America. America. You think you're doing you're nothing. You're nothing! You think you are! King Solomon! <laughs> like, it's so great that the fact like he they could didn't have to make this musical. They could have just no. made this another monologue. But the fact that, yeah. once again, you sing when you can no longer speak. This feels like mm-hmm. such an organic build of, of a monologue in a song.
1: Yeah. Like this is like
0: exactly
2: why you sing in a show. And because it's returning to the theme of tradition and it makes sense yes. to bring back that musical motif yes. of tradition. Mm-hmm. The thing that was set up at the very beginning yes. is now we challenged for the first time and yes.
1: we musically come back to that idea just as much as we do mm-hmm. it thematically. Yes. Cool. Always about the sewing machine with this guy. <laughs> Damn
0: sewing so, machine. But I mean, I get why he would want that. I mean... Yeah, you think you're the only guy in town who has a sewing machine? That really makes your tailor shop, yeah, the place to go, and it will be, and it will make him financially successful because he can work a lot faster yeah. than the person who's just, you know, sewing sewing by hand.
2: And it's a shame they cut the song about the sewing machine. There is, the a,
0: yeah, there song. is a cut song of all about guess, the sewing machine.
2: Yes, which feels like no great loss, but it. It would be a funny culmination of models there character. is an
0: on the revival <laughs> recording. They, they actually did record yeah. the, the sewing machine song.
2: And it, it wasn't actually part of the Broadway revival. It was just they recorded it. Yeah, it, it was the like a bonus right? track.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll
2: <laughs> yes, because that would be silly to actually re-include that song into the No, line. they definitely shouldn't re-include
0: that song. And then here this yeah. is another great example of you got once again, you can't do the freeze frame, because you did that last time. Yeah. How are One we man. going to do it? Yeah. So instead yeah, they put so them in the background, kind of looking like what's that painting? Of, like, uh, a farmer. Yeah, American Gothic, because you got, like, the two of them in
1: the field there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Unheard of. am sad. Gave each other a yes. pledge. Like,
0: I cannot and see like, Frank Sinatra doing this role.
1: No, I, 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 I cannot I, see that. Yes. Like, what would this song even be like if he was? Like, he'll be
0: crooning it, I, man.
1: He'll be yeah, crooning it.
0: Not. Good old blue eyes. Like, Speaking of Blue yeah. Eyes, there's just a close up of Roslyn's hair size. Which very yeah. Blue.
1: yeah. Like, if Frank
2: Sinatra did get the part that this whole movie would just be a footnote in his career, it wouldn't, yeah.
1: it wouldn't be the classic, I think, yeah. that yeah. it became. And Topol is such a huge yes. part of that in this iconic performance. Yeah. When should we make the one?
0: I love the reactions. Like, that slow realize of, wait, 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 what did you just say?
1: Yeah. Well... <laughs>
0: And then, and then
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry already! <laughs> yeah. Great line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And I mean, his logic is good. They're already so poor. They can't go yeah. down any further.
2: Like, he's, at this point, he's already yeah. agreed to, it's okay, you don't have to marry Laser Wolf. Yes. So it's not like... Part of his reasoning is that, like, well, she can't marry you. She has to marry the rich man. He's already conceded that ground. Yes. So at this point, yeah, fine. If you're willing to scrub floors and be poor, then sure. Marry the
1: man you love.
0: And I love this cut. What do I tell Golda? It's like such a great (laughs) cutaway where it's like, what's he going to do? Or We're going to cut away to this beautiful last minute edition song that we talk about in Fiddler Miracle Miracles.
2: Yes, but well, it's the titular song of the This that is the titular
0: song and the fact they got the original model to the interviews. Yeah. And he talks yeah. about how this song was a last minute edition because they had like a different song. They had the Now I have everything song that Perch against yeah in the stage yes. show that was cut from the movie. But basically they're like, This doesn't sound like model. Model's more yeah. religious, he's more traditional. He would talk more religiously. So they wrote mm-hmm. this whole new song for him. And I love Paul Cream in this. Like just the energy the Softness he does to this song.
1: Yeah. Like you could, he's
0: bubbling with energy, but there's a, 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 such a, like little boy energy to this song.
2: Yeah, he's a great performer. And Mm -hmm. like, well, we kind of talked about it's a shame that Seidel doesn't get a song of her own. Like, this is such a great model moment. And because he never gets another song after this, I think he earned this moment. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, wow. He uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor Oscar for this performance.
2: Was that whole category just. Secondary characters from Fiddler being not well,
0: no, well, no, Paul (laughs) Mann was Golden Globe. This is Academy of Oh, okay, right. But let's see who he lost against. Let's see, is it 70s? Um, I guess
2: I I could have liked a version
1: of this song that was more
0: Ben Johnson for (laughs) Sam the Lion in The Last Picture. Okay, that's fair. That's a
2: very good
1: performance, too. Nice,
2: but yeah, I guess just to what we were talking about before, like about how Seidel doesn't get a song, it might have been nice if. This was a duet between model yes. and Seidel.
1: Just that, a, that, that
2: definitely would have been a nice change. change. Especially since our first romantic pairing and because yeah. the whole basis of the relationship is that they genuinely love each other. Yeah. Having more of a romantic duo. But she's more sidelined to reaction shots.
1: Yes.
0: But I love the fact they end with the little bouquet of flowers and that bouquet yeah. is going to come back when during the marriage scene.
1: It's mm-hmm. a great little thing.
0: And then the best thing is we still don't cut back to Tevya and what he's gonna do for Golda. No, now we cut sorry. to the scene, which is can be very scary. Like if you think about it, like here comes Pava mm-hmm. coming down the road with the cow and she's gonna get basically accosted by these other men. Now if you think about it, back in the day where it was like not appropriate for men to be alone with women, like this is definitely a threat against her virtue that people could view if somebody right. saw what was going on in this scene.
1: Yeah, like, there's a real certainly.
0: sense of danger in this moment. The fact that Pietka kind of hangs back and lets his friends do this to her first before he kind of steps in and sends them home. Like, this is... like I I, I think they could have gone a little bit further at this moment. Ratchet up yeah. the danger just a little bit. Just a little bit. Like This kind of feels like Anita in the candy shop with the Jets. Yeah. Like, I, that could have gone on a bit longer just to, once again, set up that continual divide yeah. between the groups.
2: I would agree, but I think yeah. if that uh waited any longer then maybe would have more reason to yeah. question his morals yeah. like because he's so far behind them coming out of the cornfield yeah, yeah. you kind of the slight hesitancy that he does have this or just that he needs to catch up and see what's happening true. it doesn't seem like he's just like kickback yeah let's see where this goes okay now
1: i'll intervene it's yes. sort of the second he has an opportunity to intervene he does and that yeah. endears us to his character a little bit true Then I always laugh when he described himself as modest while listing his virtues. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been interesting if, in the opening of
0: tradition, we saw Hava in the village and just Fiat kind of catching her eye, or him catch, or her catching his eye. Because for some reason, he wants to talk to her, and it's like I wish there was like a bit of a moment, like just how we have Saito set up in the opening of Laser Wolf. Would be mm-hmm. great to have this moment set up a bit more.
1: Yeah, it's. Because it feels like, why down. does
0: he want to talk to her? Like in the stage show, this is all set in the bookshop. That, right. In that, and that they both visit the bookshop and they've crossed paths before and they make reference to that. Because they move mm-hmm. the scene up to the middle of the road, it's like, well, wait, why does he want to talk to her all of a sudden? Like, what's the reason?
2: Yeah, it would have been nice to have, even if it was just in the little montage, something at the beginning. Yeah. But, Even if you don't notice it in the moment, you could then look back on, especially on a second viewing, and be like, Mm. oh, there was something there. Um, Yeah, it just comes down to the fact that both Huddle and Hava get sidelined, as we were discussing before. And, you know, even if there was, like, bonus scenes that did flesh out their romantic entanglements a little better, we don't have time for them here.
0: But once again, like, that's where Norman Jewison was so great, where, like, in the opening, it's Seidel in the butcher shop picking up the meat. Like, something like that where it doesn't have to be a whole scene. It's just, like, if you're in the village, because we already see, we saw Hava in the field, we saw her doing the corn with her sister, like, like mm-hmm. we got other cutaways of her doing stuff. Like, just regular doing things. Like, it would have been great to see her in the village, like, walking by the bookshop, picking up a book, and she okay. crosses Viecka's path. We don't have to interact, it's just, she crosses, He maybe looks back and for, like, a split second. And
2: yeah. that said, I could just as easily mm-hmm. imagine, perhaps under different producer oversight that the scene we're watching right now in the field could have just as easily been cut for time given how these yeah. like younger daughters do get yes. sidelined a little bit and i like, would so the, fight for this scene because i'm like you need
0: scene else it makes uh, no uh, sense of why they're together uh, and it, and it would just the they try. would have
2: to find another way to introduce yeah. him later on yes. and it would probably be closer to the part where his encroachment does pose a genuine threat to tevye's mm. state of mind the fact that they set it up this early is very yeah. good. We're asking for even additional setup that I don't think they could really yes. afford to add. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When did By the that,
0: fact that you don't even see Fieka in the pogrom at the wedding in this. Well, yeah. Where, where it's like, well, he should have been there, but maybe he goes to do something, but he catches Hava's eye and he stops. And he does something. Is,
2: does else. that happen in the stage version? I've
1: reflection. seen productions that
2: do
0: that, where they include him, but yeah. he doesn't
1: do anything. And he's the one that see, I, kind of
2: drags his friend off who's beating up on Perchick
1: yeah i have that makes feelings about that i think not
2: every russian citizen is going to be part of this military invasion like i i feel like it's just a little too cute like mm-hmm. like the fact that he's even like participating in this but then it's like oh the girl i like is here i guess i'll lay off like then that, that i feel like that just makes him i don't know doesn't really endear us to him the way that i feel like conceptually it sounds like it should Mm. we're getting to the we're getting to the nightmare so let's yeah this is a scene that I go
0: back and forth on all the time like part of me is like this is so over the top and goes on a little bit too long but then as Otto points out she goes that's the point it's supposed to be this is Tevya just making shit up
1: yeah trying to get his wife to
0: he's a very skilled (laughs) improviser and (laughs) actually the actress who played Fumasera just passed away like I think four weeks ago sorry to hear that Yes. What was her name? Her name was. Your uncle Mordecai. Mordecai. You gotta have. Coming names.
1: out of the spiderwebs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So Macera, mm-hmm. It's so. Oh, in addition to the episode we did on a decent, there was, I guess, a short period of time on the cup where Fiddler kept coming up in multiple conversations because I remember <laughs> when we did our episode on Amadeus. Yeah, you brought up and we were like dissecting the presence of the female characters in that mm. you compare whatever her name is Donna Maria I forget the the opera singer character yes. in Amadeus you like said that oh yeah she's only in it for a short time and it doesn't really she's part of the plot but isn't really like a main character yeah. and I brought up the point that well at least Fruma Sarah has a plot point all about her that isn't about who she's banging which is <laughs> true you know you can't quite say about the opera singer character in Amadeus yes. Um, uh, yeah. Anywho, muzzle tove, muzzle-toe.
0: Muzzle-toe. So here we go. So the actress who played Prumasura was Ruth Maddock, and okay. she died December 9th at the age of 79.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Yes.
0: And the actress who's playing
1: Grandma Seitzel is Patience Colour. I also just love the, it feels like so theatrical that we have you know, Golda and
2: Tevia in yeah. bed, yeah. like kind of in real time discussing this nightmare while they're living in the middle of it. Right? Yeah. And then Tevia responding to Golda's questions and saying, oh yes, I said that in the dream. <laughs>
1: and but actually,
0: like, there's a bonus feature on my DVD of Fiddler on the Roof, where there's actually a colorized version of this scene.
1: Oh, I, I that like is not so saturated. But, yeah, I, I think I think it fits the. It's kind of
2: the anti Wizard of Oz of the dream. Yeah. It's more <laughs> oh, and then of course you have a goat in a
1: tree. Yeah. Could <laughs> it? Yes, it could. Mutant <laughs> somehow in here dude yeah. now All of a sudden. Yeah,
0: I love Golda's reaction because she knows who's coming.
1: From mm-hmm. Misera,
0: and this is such like a Frankenstein, like huh. like straight out of like nineteen thirties horror movie moment. This Pop-
2: popping out of the grave like a zombie, yeah. or, or like Carrie in the final shot of Carrie. Yes, and, like,
1: <laughs> spoiler alert for Carrie, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then of course you have like such a great makeup look for Misera. She's in this like greenish ghoulish Mm -hmm. dress and you got like the sunken eyes, it's like Yes. Just it's just theatrical enough to work on film. Like on stage they really give the makeup of Fromusera like a big look. But
1: in
2: film you couldn't do that.
1: And you know, the fact that this is a dream even
2: within the logic of the movie, I think makes it work. That it, can yeah. be, it can't be, big and over the top, and can't be because you're not trying to convince us that this is something that really happened, this is just a yeah. story that he's telling Golda,
1: which makes yes. up, it can be as silly as we want, and it still works. Yeah.
0: And I mean, the fact that both Norma Crane and Toph are giving very big, very exaggerated reactions, yeah. is like perfect, like this is the one scene where you can be full-on theatrical, Like the fact that you have like a painted backdrop there behind the graves <laughs> in
2: the wide shot.
1: Like, if they do make like do the remake
2: that they've been talking about, I'd be very curious what this scene in particular looks mm. like in a twenty first century remake. Yeah, I don't this, know how like, you would do it. I, I I feel like the temptation would probably be to do like some kind of big C G monstrosity like Yes. Where you know, we could really make this nightmare yeah. look like a nightmare and I feel like yeah. that would be a mistake, but
0: Meryl Streep would play bit. Fruma Sarah.
2: Oh, like, that would be a waste of her time. <laughs> um,
0: also, I think she'd be too old. Like Rumasera is supposed to be like yeah,
2: yeah,
1: younger? Young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And clearly wasn't liked by the community. This is very like Dickensian here, like the bed in the yeah. coffin. It's like very Scrooge. Um, yeah, they're in their pajamas at the cemetery.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Evil spirit away oh wait that's very shakespearean that's very like yes, I yeah yeah and then cut to her blowing out the candle yeah you were blowing out the match when lighting the candle
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love how he's like still strangling himself
2: yeah <laughs> i also just love how well this very silly plan went for him like it, yeah it got the exact and, like, I love Topol smiling and then stopping smiling when she looks at him. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so theatrical and funny, yeah. and I love it.
0: Well, it's, it's such perfect, like, once again, classic comedy double take of. Of course yeah. she's going to believe this because he knew exactly what to tell her. Like, it's your grandmother Seidel who came to me in
2: the dream. Yes. yeah. And, and if and that wasn't convincing she... enough, there's also a ghost that will haunt us if we kill so our daughter
0: and yeah. strangle her yes. in her sleep.
2: Like, yes, like then, just
0: that cheeky concerts. smile.
1: He's like, oh,
0: yeah. "Look at me!" And the, and they actually kind of reprise from that scene. There's actually a recorded reprise that they do. Uh, we haven't got the man that <laughs> we have when we began.
1: <laughs> and the
0: fact that like, and then Tevi doing the playing demo of she'll marry what's his name, and Golda going that tailor muscle comes oil. I
1: love this. This
2: yeah. hat. Yeah, it's a nice hat.
1: It's funny, know. like,
2: I'm just looking at the timeline, like, you mm-hmm. know, because we're watching this on a streaming, like, this is pretty yes. much the exact halfway point right after yeah. the nightmare before the wedding, like, yeah. which is interesting, because I kind of always said I had expected that the post-wedding, post-pogrom intermission would be the halfway point, but mm-hmm. Act 1 definitely goes a little further, and...
0: Yeah, it goes a bit longer, it goes a bit longer. Yeah, which
2: is typical practice, usually, if yeah. one act is going to be shorter than the other, it'll be the second. Yes. But,
0: and here's a new yeah. scene, so this scene's not in the stage show, this...
1: Seymour right, kind of this, this
0: Lenin-looking, or Trotsky-looking yeah. guy with the picture of the Tsar there hanging over the back.
1: De- definitely
2: not Lenin or Trotsky reporting to the Tsar. No, but, but he
1: looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> looks, he looks more like
2: Lenin than Trotsky. True. <laughs> but yes, I feel like that would be a... If that's what they were going for, I think that's a strange image to evoke. Yes. I think, yeah, he is an aristocratic, yeah. you know,
0: and for, I love this little slow look of of, of, of the constable. He's like, "I yeah. don't want to do this." Because like, the fact that they t- Norman Judson talks about how, in in the commentary, he's like, "In my mind, the constable's grown up in this town. He grew up mm-hmm. with Tabby. He knows him. He knows what tonight is, and he knows if I don't do this, I'm out, and they're going to bring in somebody worse to yeah, do more so. shit around here." He's like, "I have to do what I have to do," and he's like, "I don't want to do it." That. That's why he's mm-hmm. that's
2: why he stops the program at the wedding.
0: But he has to yeah. let them
2: do what they have to do first. <laughs> Part I, of me I, I, wonders, yeah. like, could he have? Depends on how loyal his men are to him. But like, could he have just done like a mm-hmm. mock version where it looks like they're making more of a mess and more violence True. than they actually are doing?
0: Now like, one picture is like know. blazing saddles in the building, like the fake village.
2: Yes, that would be very funny, and yeah, <laughs> it obviously doesn't fit the historical yeah. tone of this, but just had a lot of silly scenes. So,
0: and yeah. I love the fact anyway. that we have real candles here. Like, like Norman Judson talked about how. When we do the wedding scene, a lot of the natural light was from the candles. Like, those are real
1: mm-hmm. burning candles. Yeah. And
0: I love, like, Yenta and the Butcher. It's like, they should have been a couple. They would have been great together. Yeah.
2: yeah, and they're both thinking, better luck next yeah. time. This didn't work out for either of us. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, look at the scale of this. Like, this is stuff you don't get much anymore, because it's all, like, we can CGI the people in. It's fine. Yeah. But the fact that, like, Norman doesn't have to find all these extras. Get them costumed, get them lit. Like, mm-hmm. such a beautiful old
1: school bit of film work there. And of course, you have uh, the figure a... looking over the wedding. Yeah. We got our chuppah. Oh, is that what he's called? The chuppah? No, no. the chuppah
2: is the tent, the oh, canopy the tent. that okay. goes over. Okay. Sorry, yes. And they're doing a the little walking around in circles thing. Jewish weddings yeah. are very strange. Uh, I don't know what all these
0: are. are eh, no stranger are. than a Catholic wedding. They all have okay, their just, own rituals and procedures, you know. Yeah,
2: I guess religious weddings in yeah. general are very strange. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, they're are a tradition. Who knows why That's they exactly. do what they do, but they do it yeah. because somebody did it once and they went, all, "Oh, I want it like that."
1: Yeah. yeah, they love walking around in circles. Can we just make that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> this this is, is my mom's star. favorite song. It, okay. Yeah, this is a good one. And well, she you wanted this at the her wedding. Variable. Oh, that's cute. We talked about like a- in the
2: very, the very opening shot being the sunrise sunset. Yes. Like this is exactly what you know thematically the like, growing
1: up and fleeing the nest of the children. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, this wedding stands for a lot of things. But at the end of the day, it is just yeah, our eldest daughter is getting married.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is such a beautiful song. I mean, the fact that Art actually wrote lyrics for for LGBTQIA+, plus oh. weddings as well, because they, they got enough requests in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s from people that they're like, Just, could like, you write... Just,
2: change the pronouns, basically? Yeah, or... basically
0: change the pronouns a bit, change some of the lyrics a bit, you know, to make it more gender neutral. Yep.
2: Yeah. Have there been any professional productions of Fiddler that make any of the couplings queer no. with the children?
0: No, because that's... No, because that's, like, I, I'm pretty sure that's part of, like, the book rights is you have
1: to do it. Yeah. But like, it's if like. they've
2: already gone to rewrite the song to accommodate that, I would be curious to see the version that, that like, while still grabbing. I get why the, they did it, because
0: it's a single. Like, it's separate from the show. Yeah. It's, like, do it on your own. But when it comes to the show, this is done
1: mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. It would be, I
2: guess, an interesting yeah. sort of Brechtian idea to do a production where... It's like a queer coupling of the children and nobody acknowledges that as anything strange yeah. or a rupture in tradition. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. fact that you're not going through the matchmaker, oh my goodness. What? And like that would be like an interesting sort of like double faced irony of like There's Ryan's we.
0: concept right there. He'll that's his show, he'll make it.
2: Well, yeah, I i sorry this is the first time I'm having this idea because mm-hmm. you just mentioned that song version exists. But what wouldn't it be interesting to see like you know through the living proof that we mm-hmm. have broken many traditions the fact that we accept a queer romantic coupling yeah use that as a window to looking through the silly old traditions i don't know there's something yeah, there
0: there is something there i definitely think ryan you should develop that idea.
2: Uh, i don't want a direct fiddler <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> come on t- ryan
2: i will dramaturg it if anyone is interested in doing that my yeah. email is somewhere on the internet probably probably <laughs> Uh, that we got. And I love that we Perchett. get a
0: huddle in Purchase.
2: Yes. It's like, once I again, mean, you gotta time, set them
0: up, they're
1: gonna be next. Yeah. Every time they make eyes at each other, there's like a, oh, I see what's yeah. happening here. Yeah. I say if anyone wants to do the idea that,
0: yeah,
2: as does our one viewer our one viewer who's Is watching Is it you this Rosalind event, Harris? Let us know. Yes. Rosalind Harris, if you're producing the queer version of this. While we're watching your wedding from the 70s? Yes. <laughs> Have there been any comments in the chat? Just bots. Oh. Wait, is our one viewer a bot? That's disappointing.
0: No, I don't know who our one viewer is. They haven't commented. I think they're just enjoying our conversation.
2: Okay. So the bots don't count in the viewer tally?
0: No.
2: Only humans. You gotta check the thing that says you're not yes. a robot. or And then they step on the glass. top. The
0: glass is broken. And now like we get into the true Jerome Robbins show off moment of the show with the wedding dance. (laughs) And once again, like this is where like Norman Jewison as a director had to sit down and figure out how do you do this? The fact that he paces this out so well with the circles and bringing that concept from the stage into uh, 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 onto the screen. (laughs) And just the fact that like, all the women's dances are lush and lyrical, so the shots are long and beautiful. But here, yeah. like this, is all handheld,
1: men a lot more kind frenetic. Of
0: frenetic, like just those little details. Like that's something as a musical director in a movie, you have to think about that. You can't just park the yeah. camera. It's <laughs> like Tom Hooper and is Like everything okay. was a freaking close-up. And I love Why? that set of men.
2: I love that set of match cuts the backs of both of their heads, mm. and the people coming closer and farther from them in the dance. Yeah, like, Yeah, it's really well done. Great filmmaking. Good job, Norman Jewison. Good job, sir.
0: <laughs> if you're in Toronto, look us up. We'll happily come and sit and yeah. talk to
2: you. We'll, we'll buy you a coffee at the Arbor Room, which, I don't know if it was in your day, but that's the pub or little coffee bar in Hart House. Oh, will, that'd be great! So- We'll swing by the Norman Jewison stage and buy a coffee at the Arbor Room. Oh, beautiful. Yes.
0: And of course, now we get the bottle dance.
1: Yes, love the bottle dance. It's iconic.
2: It's so iconic.
1: I love the one clarinet guy
2: you see in the background there. Yes,
0: he's rocking it, man. He is. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> And he's probably playing the playback. Like, he's not the actual guy. Probably, work. yes. I don't, but just, he's doing just it. like
2: the fiddler himself isn't actually yes. playing on screen. This clarinet guy is just, you know, fake yeah. blowing into this, like, funny wooden clarinet. Are most clarinets made of wood? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it,
0: it, I mean, I will say, like, when you it. see this dance done live, there is something truly mm-hmm. really incredible. Because, yeah. I mean, I know in the original Broadway show, Jerome Robbins had no magnets, nothing in the bottles to, to keep, keep them up there. It was mm-hmm. like all meant for the actor's core
2: to keep that bottle Yes, I in would place. reckon that community theater production I saw when I was like seven years old probably just fixed the bottles to the hats themselves. Yes. <laughs> in some way, I doubt that they trusted community theater actors to keep them up balanced mm-hmm. that way. <laughs>
1: like,
0: like, look, uh, just the movement detail in this is just yeah. Incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: Like the fact that they're gonna go and the fact the music builds yeah. and they go down.
1: Yeah.
2: Like these dance moves would be hard to do even without a bottle on your head. Yeah. Then try doing them with a bottle on your head.
1: Yeah.
0: Like look, like their whole upper body does not move. Yeah. Everything is done from the waist down. They don't move. I love the orchestrations here. <laughs> I recently bought the fifth the fiftieth? Yeah, I think it's the fiftieth anniversary. Four CD set of the soundtrack of Hitler on the Roof.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they have some of the uh, live onset playback CD as one of them. And you can listen to this track on its own. And it's just incredible.
1: That's great instrumental yeah. piece. It's
0: you know, gorgeous.
1: Them, uh, on visuals. Yeah. Like it has such a joy and energy to it. Like it has such a wonderful just drive.
0: Like, I hope when they, like, it, like, if they do this remake, I hope they don't cut any of the dances and just keep them in and let them be what they are.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think they would recognize that the dances yeah. are an iconic part of what people like about it. Yes. So, they, they might find ways of, like, tweaking them or making them their oh, own. Oh, yeah. But I don't think yeah. they, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone's
0: redid the dances in their own way. They did yeah. do the Drum Robbins choreography.
2: Yeah, but I don't no, think this would guy this be so like, you know, bottle dance. The, the, yeah. the, bar, the bartender. Yes. This
0: guy is so funny. He steals every scene he's in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he is Mendel?
2: Mendel or Mordecai or there's too many people in this town. I don't remember his name. Maybe he's Mendel. Mendel the Innkeeper. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Also, I love the or no. standing
0: up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. is the beggar. Avram. He's Avram. 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 And he's played by Alfie Scope. Alfie Scope. And he, and he was cool. part of the voice cast for the Christmas special. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.
2: Oh, really? Was he? Mm-hmm. Was he the lion from the Island of Misfit Toys, perhaps? Or you? I don't Cornelius? know, but he's
0: from Toronto. Well, he was born in, in the UK, but he died in Toronto, Ontario, huh. just this huh. in 2021 at the age of 101.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, also, oh, so, okay, so he, he was Avram the bookseller. Hmm. Let's see if it's him. Is he that or Avram's the
0: one that reads the newspaper to everybody all the time?
1: Mm-hmm
2: yeah we talked about in one of the other reviews how yeah he's the book and we talked about it was it Jerome Robbins in particular but somebody in the original production thought it was very important that every minor townsperson had their own name and profession and yeah it definitely adds to the texture of this world
0: yeah and this is the scene that opens the filler journey to the screen yes
2: yes
1: you can keep your diseased chickens
0: yeah He's like, such a great
1: old man argument, too. <laughs> Come on! Right, this is supposed to be my wedding. Uh, okay. what do I, do? I love that.
2: I did that. you a reenactment.
1: Of their wedded lives. Yes, I gotta get off stage now.
2: Yes. Like, Laser Wolf does nothing wrong here.
0: No, it's... he's pissed for a reason.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like, and he's like being the bigger man, which is yeah. like, I, you can't say the same about Tevia here. No.
1: Tevia kind of lets his,
0: sure. once again, but that's a human emotion. Tevia lets his anger
1: get yeah. the better of him in this moment. That's I, such a
0: great dig, Adam. I don't have to like, say you're pontificated. It's
1: like, fair point! <laughs> no? Fair point? <laughs> oh my goodness. Wouldn't it be nice if this was the worst thing to happen at this wedding? Right? The terms weren't settled. I love it's like, Rabbi, settle this argument for us. Yes. So He's like, oh, let's just all sit down and eat. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> now I'm going to sing a little song. I love how every Klezmer song could just be like, yeah, let's just sing the Die, Die, Die. Deedle, deedle, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. You can there keep your diseased chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pork model. I know. He's like trying to like this is my wedding and you're taking away my food. My chickens. <laughs> I had a sign! And then of course in comes Perchik to settle the score. Yeah. Let's dance folks. Yeah. Everybody dance. It's all nonsense. Right, right, it's all nonsense. He's a radical.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> who is this actor? I'm trying to find out who it is. Cause he's so good. Like he's so funny. He stepped over the rope. God damn it, this man. It's so funny that, like,
2: it's like when somebody says, like, oh, you love your girlfriend that's so gay. Like, it's a sin to dance with a woman. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear
1: what you're saying? <laughs> Do you hear what's going on here? Yeah. I know who will dance with him. The huddle. Yeah, it's Hoddle. She likes him. She
2: does. I also like the purple bridesmaids dresses that the sisters yes. have. Like it's, it's a small detail but it's cute.
0: And it's important because nobody else has that type of pattern. Like all uh-huh. the other women in the group, they're all in other colors. They're not in that purpley blue.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so the rope has come down. The dancing yeah. can commence. Exactly. And I like the framing here, where Tevia is in between them. Yeah. Like we talked about the framing before of Seidel between model and Tevia. We get another yeah. similar instance here. And I love how it gives a look of "Please, Dad, do something, here. <laughs> Tevia. Oh, I love a gold gold that goes with it, though. Yeah. I love a monocardist, too. Saito! He's like, this this is how husbands behave. I gotta learn. You gotta learn. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Yenta. I tried my my (laughs) best.
0: This is great dancing, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely gets
2: overshadowed by the bottle dance, but this is a nice wedding dance sequence.
0: Well, it's just fun because it's character work, right? Like, it's all Uh little people doing little things like the fact that we get the rabbi involved. Yeah. Tevya distracts him so he ends up dancing with the daughters without really noticing at first. And the fact that if you watch Topol's eyes, he's got a little smirk on his
1: eyes. Yeah, he he knows what he did. Yeah. And then what the rabbi notices, I love his reaction. He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. He's got, and he's got there we go. Use the scarf for it's a scarf or you know, chip or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I mean, this actor, you can tell, like he's so authentically Jewish, like just the dancing and the reaction he has to this—it's like
1: so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, here come the mob. Yeah, the torches, yeah. the coming in through the stage yeah. doors. Yes, earth walking through that little seven-year-old. Ryan wants to trip them.
0: And I love Topol's change in face
1: right there. He just does yes. that. What is this? Mm-hmm. We were having a good time. Yeah. Even Norma Crane's got a look of What is mm-hmm. this? Just so tragic that yeah. this was acceptable. This type yeah. of shit was tolerated. It's like, you guys all live together. What the hell? Like, there's no reason for yeah. this. So, like this, so it's like, this could be, like, Fiecka's
0: friends in that Fiecka's the one that comes in and helps Perchick out here.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's, personally, I think... And then, of course, the constable's
1: easy, here.
2: Yes. Like, we have the constable already. as the voice of, like, okay, I said enough. We don't need... Yeah. This is excessive. Yes. We, and because he's the one who had to initiate this, I think it's yeah. more meaningful coming from him. I like yes. Fedka's arc a little better as somebody who's not part of this and
1: is just True. guilty by association.
0: Yeah. True. That's a good point.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, said that line. Orders yeah. are orders. You understand. Like, you can <laughs> tell Tevye wants to say so much to him in that moment.
1: Yeah. It's oh, so, like, yes, oh, I understand.
0: Yeah. Like, you can tell how broken he is in this moment. <laughs> That he's like, th- th- and we'll see this kind of moment again when he's heard about what happened to Hava and yeah. her conversion. Like it's just that thing of he's got to keep going because his family, but you can tell he just wants to stop and break. Like he's so mm-hmm. dis- distraught by what's just happened. Like his daughter's
1: wedding day, and this is what it will be remembered for. Is is, is yeah. it's a pogrom? Yeah. Why? Yeah. and I mean I think it was i think it was either Bach or Harnick talked about how when they saw this scene out live in the theater
0: and there was a reaction from like a, 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 a early immigrant Jewish couple they're having <clears throat> a physical reaction to the pogromies. like, yeah. they've seen this for real, they've lived this moment for real
1: okay, and what a way to
0: end the first that. act Like,
1: yes, on track
0: I mean, Otto uh, always said the, the end of the first act should be the purveyor of false hope. So I guess in yeah. this is it, it's the pervert perver- like the thought of it can't get any worse than this, right? It's got to end on a happier note for them. Then it's yes, like, oh ah, yeah. no,
1: <laughs> no,
2: sadly not. Here
1: we go. And okay, so
2: it. yes, okay, yeah. So I see the outro act because I was a little ahead of you was playing okay. like they have the whole thing. So why don't we just skip our videos ahead to right when it ends. And then Let's we'll pause there the the and take
1: a... I yes. love it. Uh, Yeah, like, it's just a still, oh, it's just a still image of music.
2: I don't know how long it
1: goes on. It goes on for a bit.
2: And So maybe you see if you can find a thing to me the timestamp. Well, why don't to, you
0: go to the washroom first, and I'll find where the end of the contrast
2: is. Sure thing, you don't need to go yourself? I'll
0: teachers. hold this for a bit. So, are okay. not staring at our empty screens, you know.
2: Sure thing, entertain our one follower. I shall entertain them.
1: Take okay. One
2: second, do I have my key to
1: get back into this little office? Ah. Let me just make sure I have... Uh, stand by.
0: And I'm watching the Entraque right now. The gorgeous yeah. music. We're getting the sunrise, sunset.
1: Nice. Music. Okay. Yes, I found my key. Yeah. I
0: and I will say, I do think more movies, because we're getting like three hour long movies again now, that we yeah. should be getting... Some intermission breaks, like that new Avatar movie, that's like over three hours. Yes, they should have had a pee pee break in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, I guess last James Cameron
0: feature to have an
2: intermission. Okay, so pause there. I will be right back. I'll be all right. Quick,
0: you'll be right back. I hold the fort. Okay,
2: take care.
0: I hold the fort. All right, our one listener, tell us what are you thinking so far? Let us know. Are you
1: enjoying yourself? I mean, shout out to our wonderful contributor, Ryan. He is really killing it.
0: He is really doing a great job here as our wonderful contributor. Ryan, if you're going to hear this later, you're killing it, buddy. But yeah, I mean, let us know. Who would you want to see in the new cast for the upcoming revival? I mean, when Ryan and I saw the the documentary Journey to the Big Screen and then we did the Q&A with Rosalind Harris... We, I asked if Rosalind Harris would be interested in coming back to play Yenta the matchmaker. And she said she would be open to it. So anybody who's casting and listening, I think they definitely should reach out to her to see if she would come back and play the part. Cause I think that'd be a very good, very good give, a give over of the role. Kind of like how when they did the West Side Story remake, they brought Rita, Rita Moreno back to play the version of Doc you know, she was now
1: Valentina. She was was basically the Doc replacement. She was Doc's widow. So, that was really great. So, yeah, I would definitely say bring her back. And I mean, my dream would be Mandy
0: Patinkin as Tenshwin, but he may be getting up there. Mandy Patinkin is... Poe is Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin, I believe, I think he's in his 70s. Poe is... He is, yep, yeah, he's 70 years old this year. He just turned 70. He was born in 1952. So, I mean, he's definitely up toward like when Topol ended his run, he was in his, he was 73 when I was supposed to see him before. So, I mean, he definitely would be up there. I mean, if not Tevia, then we definitely should get made it a to play Laser Wolf. I think that'd be a really good, good alternative. And I would say go back to the stage cast. Like, go back and see what actor could play it from the stage. I mean, it'd be great if it was an unknown, introducing performance as Tevia. I think that'd be a great way to kind of introduce him, just like how we got Rachel Zegler who in, as Maria in West Side Story. That was her first big role. You know? So, I definitely think
1: there's some really good options there.
0: And on this note, everyone, we will end part one, or the first act of our Fiddler on the Roof live movie musical commentary with Ryan currently off mic in the washroom and myself watching the act. We will be back next week with the edited remaster part two of the Fiddler on the Roof live movie, movie musical commentary. But if you can't wait, then you can always go check out the full video on our YouTube channel before the Downbeat of Musical podcast. But for now, we will see you all next Friday with part two. Stay healthy, stay safe, everyone.